Okay, here we go. Broadcasting live, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. With your hosts, Honest Abe and Adam K. the Brewmeister. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kmatalkradio.com. Talk Radio, broadcasting live in lovely West Palm Beach, Florida. I am Adam K., the Brewmeister. With me as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Honest Abe. Good morning. Welcome. Uh, on this, the... Uh, Do you know the date? I didn't think so. 19th. Oh. Yeah, sorry, I was talking about looking at your headset first. I know, as soon as I tell Adam to do something, he, that's it. he shuts down. He's in the middle of talking, I just need a little more volume in my headset. Oh, no, what's the date? Yeah, I'm trying to think of it. Like, can I reach over and talk in the sure mic at the same time? Can. No, of You're course not. Guy. Yeah, uh, my arms aren't that long. They are long, but not that long. It's kind of been a nice month without Paul. I know it's crazy, right? I, I think we should make a regular thing of this. Well, he did say after he didn't wasn't able to print a wheel yesterday. It was nice working with you, and uh, well, see, you, I'm oh, sure we I'm have fun. no wheel for the show. Yeah, because wow. he sent me the uh, wheel, the old wheel, not the new wheel, and he could not update the new okay. wheel from because he no. couldn't get his computer to work. I have to adjust his payroll for Monday. Wow. Yes. This is an incomplete week. Incomplete week. You know what incomplete mm-hmm. week gets you? Uh, half pay. Incomplete pay. Incomplete. That's my. That's wow. My, that's my. Uh, that's my running motto. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we are here. Our special guest today, and our meteor maker is going to be. Mr. Is he special? Short bus special. <laughs> I was trying to determine. You know. I didn't bring my helmet though. Our very special guest. Well, I mean, I'm sure you have a couple of helmets from your yeah. time in the military service. This is true. I know I've seen them. Mm. Yes. Do they give you a lot? Do they make you pay for the helmets? Or do uh, they just give uh, them to you? No. So the taxpayers take care of that for you? It's called a... Um, yeah, it's equipment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do they call it? Equipment. Yeah, no, but there's a word for that. Uh, uh, Issue. Issued, yeah. It's mm-hmm. government issued. Gotta love government issued. You might want to introduce the uh, sexy yeah. morning voice. Yes, yeah, so, uh, Mr. Uh, David Blanco of Blanco Cigars. <laughs> David, thank you for being here today. What an honor and a pleasure to be mm-hmm. here again. An honor. Holy cow, man. We're throwing some big words around this morning. Special honor. Don't ask me to spell it. <laughs> what? <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure to try, to try not to. So, now, you, you know, we were talking before the show, and you've been on the road now for nine weeks. Yes, sir. This is the final day tomorrow. Actually, well, I guess tomorrow. We actually head home tomorrow, but it's the last full day. And home is where? Clearwater, Florida. Oh, the other coast. Mm-hmm. I'm going to nice. make it home. Nine long weeks, and I'm ending it with you, Abe, because that's how special you Save are. The to best me. for last. That's right. I'm going to do an event at your shop later today. That's that's really just a long time. Nine nine. You're telling weeks. me it wasn't supposed to be. I was supposed to have a week break in there, or eight nine days, but the hurricane came. Now, how often do you do a, like a tour duty like that? I don't do this long. I usually do. I mean, if I do a long one, it's it's five weeks, and I do that maybe once a year when I go to Europe because you take advantage. Right, of being you're there already for the there. Show. Of course. And then I'll maybe do two weeks here, two weeks here, two, and I do that constantly. Maybe two weeks on the road a month. But this time I, I was didn't, I was in Nicaragua for two weeks. Then I was supposed to do a few days in Dominican, come home for eight nine days, and then go to Europe for five weeks. 
the hurricane hit, if you remember, yeah. in the beginning of September. Absolutely. And so I thought it was going to be, oh, one, two-day delay. And the next thing I know, it just sat there, as everybody is aware, in the Bahamas. And I couldn't get back because everybody had to prolong their their uh, their planes being rescheduled. And I ended up staying there almost two weeks in the DR. Now you're married, yeah? No, no. Oh, you're not? I'm happily divorced. Oh, no wonder you're smiling all the time. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> Holy right. cow. <laughs> Kids? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, that makes Brilliant. it a little bit easier. Brilliant. Yeah, I love that one. Yes, it's true. That, no, I, no, I couldn't do this if I had kids. And or that if makes I was it a little bit easier. I mean, I get stories of guys hitting the road like that, and they got like kids and why? Yeah, but I'm getting older, bro. Well, it's yeah. uh, it's just how old not, are you now? I, I on this trip, I turned 48. I was in happy birthday. Thank you, Gronau, oh. Germany. I mm-hmm. turned 48. Oh, so you're my elder. <sighs> not by much, brother. Not by much. I turned 48 in about two months. Oh, two months happy now. birthday, bro. Not by we'll, much. We'll have a Three smoke months. together. Three months? Three months. Adam knows what my birthday is better than mm-hmm. I do. That's <laughs> 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 what I'm here for. A little bit scary. Yeah, somebody's got to have you know their hands on everything for you. What do you got going on today? Any this weekend? It's supposed to get a lot of rain. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially with the tropical depression cruising over the uh, northern part of the state, it's going to rain a little bit. But I'm going to go home and take a nap because I had to work till 2 last night. Why? Well, that calls a, for a I beer. I showed up. No, he did, but I didn't have anybody else to, that I could get to come in. Oh, you still work till close? Yep. Yeah, I was. I left them last night. What a trooper! And I was like, dude, go home and get some sleep. What a trooper! I do what I can. Hey, got to do what's good for the cause. <laughs> He's all right. Remind me to give you a ten dollars bonus this week. Thanks. <laughs> go buy yourself something nice, kid. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I will get myself a nice pack of gum and uh, maybe a Snickers bar. Now you're originally from my hometown. You mean my hometown? I'm no. older than you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I did right there? Yes. I was there before you were. Yes, yes you were. Where were you born? <laughs> uh, North. I was like 15 minutes from you, bro. Which Actually, hospital? Um, I was born on Lakeshore Drive at Weiss Memorial Hospital. Oh, and nice. La- Lakeshore Drive in Lawrence. Look at you. Yeah. I was born in Cook County General. Trauma Center. <laughs> where are you, you, Cook County? <laughs> Cook County General Hospital is where okay, I was born. Okay, so the last, I was a Chicago Fire Paramedic. <laughs> so, for those who know, that's where um, ER was, that was the hospital that ER oh, was, I know. Like, took place in. Oh, really? Yeah, Cook County General. My last okay. uh, my last years on the fire department, my ambulance was four blocks from there on Levitt and Madison, right by the United Center. So that was wow. my primary hospital that I was probably there 20 times a day on the ambulance. Wow, where, where'd you grow? how long were you there before you moved out of Chicago? Oh, I was. I lived in Chicago 40 years. Nine no years. Kidding. Nine years ago. Uh, so well, you, eight you're years a recent ago. Floridian. Yeah, 2010. Oh wow. Yeah. When okay. Rahm Emanuel decided to run for mayor, we got out. That's that funny. was the capper right there. What what um what what uh, what part of Illinois were you in before you moved down here? Oh, I was in the city. The my entire Are you life. in downtown? Like no, city proper? North North side of the city. Uh, wait, for those of you that know those yeah. Chicago land area, I, I do. I'm I, asking. I know you do. I, asking. I was right right by you. I told you 50 minutes. Pulaski and Montrose. Oh, that's right. Pulaski, I talk to a lot of people, man. Yeah. I exactly. Yeah. Retainer. Pulaski and Montrose. I know exactly mm-hmm. where. I know exactly where that is. You just go north of Pulaski yeah. and you hit Devon. In, yeah, literally 15 minutes. Devon away. and that's your border right yeah. there, Lincoln. Dune Dog guy. What's that? Not Dune Dog. Uh, Super Dog. Yeah, Super Dog. Absolutely. Oh, Super Dog. Yeah, man. Wayland Pool? Did you ever go to Wayland Pool? You know, I wasn't much of a pool player until I got to college. One no, of my pool. Like Swing? water. Yeah, yeah, hell no. Wayland Pool is right around the corner at the Forest Preserve from Superdog. That's why I asked you. Oh, no, yeah. Well, I lived a little bit further north. I lived in Niles. Oh, I thought you were uh, Lincolnwood. Yeah. No, no, no. I lived in Niles. Oh, okay. I lived a little bit further north, but not okay. far. I mean, not far from there. Another 10 minutes out, yeah. but yeah. And the Chicago right. Geography lesson. Lessons brought to you by the letter C. Yeah, everybody's going, what, who, the, Niles, Dude, Lincolnwood? Have, what I the hell news, are we talking I, about? I get news to you. We have a big Chicago listenership. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We do. Lot, Go Cubs. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, Northsider, yeah. got to do it, man. I'm a Northsider. I know, but There's half, one team. half the guys from Chicago listening probably are from the South Side. They're going, yeah. mother. <laughs> it's okay. You can curse on the show. Yeah. So you go back often? Uh, I don't. Uh, I haven't been back that often. Uh, I've just been too busy. I am going, however, in the beginning of November. I took my uh, kids. Well, I mean, they've been there a couple times. When we went this summer. I took them to the first game at Wrigley, though. I saw. I saw. I didn't, didn't even recognize it. I know. They, I used Kate to sit in the outfield. I was an outfield bleacher bum. And they put the World Series flag where I sat. And it wasn't even seats. What they were were the little cages right. on the steps yeah, of yeah, cement. Yeah, I know. I used to sit in that exact spot. And I came back because I knew they redid the bleachers. And I was like, I'm going to go back and sit where I sat. Did and there you, was a, the flagpole was there. Did you see what they did to the rooftops? Oh, yeah, yeah. They changed everything. The rooftops are now like bleachers. Oh, I know. So when you're sitting in the stadium yep. and you're looking out, it looks like the bleachers just keep, keep going. going up, but it's mm-hmm. really across the street on top of another roof. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So I'll bring you back to the fire department thing again. Yes. I mentioned that already. I used to get detailed to the firehouse behind Wrigley. Oh, really? They work Ambulance 6 right there. It's uh, engine uh, 78. And um, I used to play ball in the street when, the, you know, the, me and the other firemen, we go out and we throw the football around. And play. While the games are going on, we just wait for, you know, the, the alarms to go off. And it was it was just like a party uh, during the summer there. It was absolutely believable. But now going back and looking at it compared to what it was back then, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, they have thrown. I got to give it to the Ricketts family. It, it looks like they have put a lot Chicago of Chicago now. When you, I mean, yeah. literally, when you used to go to Wrigley Field, you it's like, oh wow, I'm, I'm in a neighborhood. Where's there a ballpark? And all of a sudden, there it was right. Yeah. Now it's like like you think you're well, downtown they, Chicago. They built that. They remember, there was uh, right next to the stadium. There was a parking lot. Yeah. That's all gone. They all got gone. that uh, big sell everything in that building. Yep, yep. yep. I mean, it, McDonald's is gone. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all gone. Yeah, unbelievable. So, but yeah, as long as the Cubby Bear still stands, and, well, yeah, and the Metro right down the street. Bad. I saw so many bands at the Metro; it's ridiculous. Yeah, there's no way Cubby Bear would ever. Go Everybody's anywhere. gonna be like, "This whole show's about Chicago." I've never been there. I don't know what the hell. They're I gotta about. reminisce. You know, I know. Anytime you see a hometown guy, you gotta <laughs> reminisce a little bit. I, I listen. Ferris Bueller's Day Off was my life. Except I didn't have a friend with a real nice Ferrari. Ferrari, because I I went to a school down the street from Wrigley, about two miles at Lane Tech. Did you cut? Oh, I know Lane Tech. Absolutely, well. I used to cut class back then. I was in high school when they were putting up the lights, so it was like my junior year. So we would cut class. We'd all go to school for half the day, and we'd have lunch period, and then we would get on the bus or walk because the game started at one o five. So we go to school half the day and watch the Cubs the other half of the day. I used to when, when I was a junior, junior. I think maybe senior, junior, senior year, but I had last period free, mm-hmm. and um, the the attendance system that they had for class was brilliant. It was basically the teacher would look, see who was missing. <laughs> they had these little listen. They had these little square cutouts, pieces of paper, like they cut a big sheet of paper in like the eight little squares. Mm-hmm. They would write the names of the missing kids. Then there was a little hook tab by the door, and they put it on there. And you just and one the kid, door. no, one kid who worked the office. They gotcha. would volunteer. Yeah. You know, they either got some kind of tuition or something, so he was an office assistant. During that period, they had one kid, every period they would walk around to every classroom and pull the slips to yeah. see who was in the class. They'd take it back and they'd find out who didn't show up for class, whatever. Oh, we could fix that. Absolutely. <laughs> what, a, what a dumb system. So I'll tell you a funny story. I could say it now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the Schreiner brothers, but one of them is in radio. He's actually he's did a career in communications, mm-hmm. and he's out in Tampa, actually. Uh, I gotta look him up and let you know. You might know him, but yeah, uh, he's in. He studied communications. He was doing radio back then in high school, and obviously made a career out of it. And he's out in Tampa, but he was the guy that collected the slips. So I would just say to him, "Hey, man, there's a great, there's a Cubs game this afternoon. You know, just, just cross my name off the list." And they would do it. 
Yeah. And they would never know you played hooky, and I'd go down to this Cokie Swift, catch the L, go there catch the game. Too easy. Yeah. I, I had a lot easier. I was right there in Addison already. Yeah, you had it a little easier to it, go. So I literally sat, and then, then, then the show came out, the movie came out, Ferris Bueller. Right. And I was like, My son life. of a... <laughs> yeah, I was like, they, I mean, going downtown to the Someone parade. was watching you and made, made, made your life, made I your wish. unauthorized autobiography. I wish. That's but funny. that was all about Evanston. So those are the rich kids that lived in that's, Evanston. That's what, well, you know, rich kids, I wasn't all rich. No, nah, that's how we're from the kids in the city <laughs> side. They're like, oh, they well, live in Evanston. If you were on the lake, you were, but as yeah. soon as you went a little further out. Yeah, but, unless you lived on Rogers, you lived on Rogers Park Rogers on the Park. Chicago side. That's a little rougher. You, you, yeah. And I had friends that lived there. It was a little rough. <laughs> Ravenswood. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm not too far from Ravenswood. Yeah. Jeez. But yeah, my family had a grocery business in Evanston. Right by, I mean, a little further away from okay. Northwestern, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It's another life, man. Chicago's changed. Everybody's changed. I mean, you go to New York, you can say about any city. Now that you're almost 50, do you not feel like that was like another, like literally, like yeah. it was a different, like when did that life happen? It was so Well, I'm so giving up my now. age now. Um, yeah, so you guys know, already know my birthday. This this June, we or August, we had our 30th reunion for high school graduation. I was like, are you kidding Mine's me? next year. 30, 30 I years. I know. I didn't go because I was traveling, but I was receiving Did you all go the, to your 10 or 20? I went to both. I didn't go to my 10 or 20. Yep, I went to both. I, I'm going to go to 30. The 30 was kind of, and not too many people showed up. It was very low-key. I mean. That's what happened. People get less excited. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean. I guess people start getting embarrassed. Like, hey, I got I got no hair. <laughs> I'm fat. I'm fat now. You know, it's stuff like that. They're like, I'm not going. I want anybody to see me. That's funny. I think that's what it was. But. Yeah, I'm going to go. Great. Well, most of my high school guys, like I went, when I went to Chicago, I got together with four or five of my football players I hadn't seen in 30 years. Wow. Some years. Yeah. So that was probably pretty cool. We, um, we were spending this whole show talking about Chicago. That's yeah, hilarious. It's all right. That's what we do. We talk. <laughs> exactly. Cool. This is just cool. a we talking do. show. It's a talk show. So we, we talk. are talking. Yes. True, true, true. We are doing hey, that Hey, shout thing. out to all our cigar guys in Chicago. We yes. love you guys. We do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Go Cubs. Especially, especially <laughs> the ones that bear the winter and smoke outside. Yeah, you listen, hats off to you. I am done with it. I love skiing. I love skiing. Water skiing. That's right. the only skiing I'm doing now. No you more. You don't snow ski? Hell no. Man. I haven't snow skied in decades. You know, all right, so to. we're going to talk about Chicago. You know where we used to go back in the day? Wilma Mountain. Exactly. Absolutely. You got you beat me to the point. Wilma Mountain. That's it. It was literally like a mountain. It's like a little mountain. They called it a ski slope. And then they had the moguls. Yeah, right? But if you went a little further, you'd get to Alpine Valley, which was like the... Correct. Yeah, that, well, that's for your professional yeah. skiers. This is for the us drunk kids that just want to go throw some skis on and pretend like we know how to ski. We go I to Wilmot Mountain. I through the ice river in Alpine Valley. No kidding. Yes, it went right through. Wilmot Mountain. Yes. Does that even exist anymore? I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Wilmot Mountain. Colin, Colin, check the Google. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom, that's a blast. I'm, I'm surprised you pulled that out. I used to ski. I thought I had you for sure no, on that one. You were like, ski. where do you go? No, well, my mountain. God. See, that, now I know you weren't like the really, you know, no, bougie, no. bougie guy. No, you, dude. You definitely would have drove up to Alpine Valley. Yeah, no, no, no. My Jeez. <laughs> Adam's like, um, I'm going to go have some breakfast. I'll be back. You guys just let me know. We're having um, a bro fest I'll here. I'll have some food. Yeah. We're getting a bro Are we going to go into the best pizza now again? <laughs> well, we could talk about your revelation this week. Oh, no. God, no. Man, don't do that. Oh, you know about it, too? Uh, How do you know about it? You don't want you me to tell you. everybody that. about it. Yeah, you don't want me to tell you. All right. You, okay. Hey, hey, man. Listen, I'm going to make you feel better. He told me about it. I did? Yeah, you did. Oh, okay. I was in the office yesterday. I can't remember. And I was like, you bastard. I I, it was, it's just very entertaining. Bro, come on, man. I'm, listen, not cool. <laughs> not cool. I'm not playing that game. I'm Move, not playing that game. Moving on, man. Look, I don't want to put him over the edge. Yeah, no shit. nervous Jesus. breakdown. Moving on. Going to freak out. Oh, yeah. Going to freak out. <laughs> Making a good joke. What can I say, uh, dude? It ain't funny, man. I'm sorry. Listen, 
to put it in perspective for you, I got like three lawsuits, a whole bunch of things gone. If that was my problem in life, like, it's like so solvable. It's like no big deal. I could li- I would trade problems with you like in three seconds. Solvable. Very solvable. All right. Moving on. What else we got going on in this Jeez. show? Absolutely. Tell we have us a lot where of other guest is in here. We have oh, a guest yeah. in the room. Uh, do we talk or are you just here like for entertainment watching? No, you don't want to talk? Yes, I do. We got, see, we got Alex, you get into the, into the mic. Get right up there. Yeah, see this thing is called the mic? Yeah. <laughs> Come moves. again. Yes, bring it close to your mouth. And this this part's the part you talk into. Okay. Don't be afraid of it. There we go. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. And who are we, sir? Uh, I'm Raul Vasquez. I like that. And Raul, what is it you do? Do you just travel with David? Uh, sometimes. It's my entourage. <laughs> I thought you need more than one to have an entourage. Not if you knew Raul. <laughs> <laughs> no, Raul's actually my, he's my uh, sales associate uh, nice. and representative for mm. Florida. Uh, Nicaragua, Nicaragua. Oh I was gonna God, say that's a, big ter- that's a Florida, big territory. Florida, Puerto Rico, oh. and uh, we're also expanding. We have distribution in the Dominican Republic. Nice. Mm. We're doing events there and stuff. So he's gonna be uh, traveling over there as well. So very good. Dominican, yes, Dominican actually has some very decent cigar shops when I travel down there. Absolutely. <laughs> really but what do. shocked me is when somebody called me up and said. Hey, we'd love to import your cigars from Nicaragua to the Dominican Republic. I'm like, what? You guys got ran out of cigars over there? What? <laughs> they're tired of. They I don't want to say they're tired, but they smoke a lot of obviously Dominican cigars, and they want something different. So they're looking at Nicaragua because all the buzz is about Nicaragua. Right Everybody now. likes variety. That's it. They're, Everybody likes variety. They, I guess they got Dominican coming out of their ears. They want to try something different, and so they're looking for Nicaragua. And so, it's definitely a different profile. No, it's what I for doubt. the most part. Now, how would you say the Dominican market? is different than the American market? Or what are some things that people don't realize? Or, they yeah. are, or actually any of the international markets. Are also, I mean, it's well, we were in Germany too. So. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you guys about Europe in a minute. But mm-hmm. the, uh, the Dominican market is similar to the Puerto Rican market in the regards that it's culturally part of their life, lifestyle to smoke cigars. Like Cubans smoke cigars. Right. So the island people... And I say island people, Cuban, Dominican, mm-hmm. Nicaraguan, and, and most of the others, where they were producing cigars and tobacco, premium tobacco, it's part of their culture. Mm-hmm. You go to Central America, not so much. You know, Nicaraguans, Hondurans, believe it or not, Mexico, cigars were never part of their culture, premium cigars. Right. But in the Caribbean, absolutely. So <clears throat> I will say they have a very a, a thriving um, uh, market in, in those island countries for consumption, more than I thought there would be. Uh, and and believe it or not, I mean I spent yeah. some time. I didn't spend too much time in the Dominican up until this trip. I've gone a couple times. There is uh, it's more money over there than I thought there was. There's a lot of money over there. I mean the development obviously Punta Cana. Everybody right. Well, there. mm-hmm. they got resorts. They got yeah. some solid resorts but there. It's the solid resorts have people who live there permanently now. They're not just like snowbirds and stuff who visit their house in the Dominican. They're they're permanent residents there with a lot of money. Well, I'm telling you, and a shit ton of motorcycles. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, if yeah. you're yeah. European or, or, or they got know. direct flights from, from you ready? They got direct flights from Moscow, Moscow directly to um, what's that? Casa de Campo, which yeah. is the most exclusive area. So I mean, that's a lot of money. Well, I mean, also, I mean, if, if you're if you're American or European, and you know you're getting to that point in life where hey, look, my kids are growing up and retired, and you, you got a little bit of a stash in my life, you can go down there and live very well. Yeah. You know, with the conversion of the money rate, mm-hmm. and, and, and I know I know a few guys who've done that. They just said, "You know, I'm going to move to Dominican." Yeah, why not? And take take take. You know, you don't need relatively gazillions of dollars, and you can go there and live there very wealthy, and have a very decent life. Yep. So. and it never snows. <laughs> it never snows. 
You're an anti-snow guy too. I'm huh? done, man. I shovel so much, bro. I can. I can. You know what? Honestly, you got down here way, way earlier than I did. The cold doesn't bother me at all. No, it bothers me. No, cold doesn't bother me. I actually like the cold. I like seeing women in winter clothing. I miss the bombers and the earmuffs. It's a fashion you don't see anymore. Yeah. And cold doesn't bother me. You get cold, you put another jacket on. You put gloves on. But but snow can't stand snow. Yeah. The shoveling, the salt, the grime, the floorboards in your car, your pants are always wet at the bottom of the, you know. Yep, the salt stains. I mean, yeah, <laughs> salt stains everywhere. It's just snow is I don't like it. awful. Yeah, I'm done, man. Snow looks beautiful for five minutes. Yeah, I work. When you work <laughs> in it. Five minutes, then it comes slush. <laughs> when you actually work in it, that's when it even gets worse. Oh. You know, and I, and I, you heard me say, all right, I was with the Chicago Fire Department. I was a deputy sheriff for Cook County before that. I've worked in the city, in the snow. Yeah. In the, ugh, Do I'm not gone. miss snow. I, I actually, I, I can't gone. fathom. I think it's because I just don't know any other way. Because now that I've been in Florida, you know, over 20 years, I just can't fathom, like, my family and the people just, like, they still stay there. I know. Who, I look at who would want to go through that three, I don't know. four months a year? I used to, I didn't realize That's I had depression. That's one third of the year they got to deal with that crap. Who yeah. wants to do that? I didn't realize I had depression, but I, I only realized it when I moved here. <laughs> that it was depression. That it was, de- yeah. you know, that October stuff yeah. where people start getting yeah, depressed. Yeah. I would always get angry, like, man, the summer's over, and now I got to deal with this. When I got down here, it was October, November, December, and I'm like, every day it's sunny and warm. The only problem I'm is happy. You, you lose track of where you are in a year. Here. Yeah, I, I've been here 20 years. And I, I still forget. Yeah, I really kind of mm-hmm. still. There's forget. no change. No, yeah. I, I agree. You know, I, I see. I walk in a store and I see like the Christmas. Oh, wow, we into close to the Christmas already. Yeah, when the stuff's out in the store, yeah, start seeing the Christmas lights and stuff. So. <laughs> Back to Chicago. Went full circle again. Well, you know, I think it's going to be a revolving theme. We have to shout out to the Kentucky Cigar Guys, though. Absolutely. Because Rando's watching. And, Rando, know, yeah, Randy yeah. Bush, the man, the myth, the legend, I, I, the it, Ash King. Is it is it me, or does every time I say Randy Bush, or I get hungry? Oh, okay. I'm not touching that one. Look, you know, There's too many directions awesome, to no, go I there. think of awesome. Well, he's, he sent me a, a nice, awesome meat package. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's into and then, that. And then I've been buying from... Um, one of the companies that he's associated with, mm-hmm. Feed the Party. I mean, it's great, great steaks. Absolutely. But like every time I think about it, I get, he's I, out there cooking. He's I want to go grill stuff. something. I yeah, he's hungry. on Facebook doing that all yep. the time. And I'm I like, just got hungry. Dude. So. Yeah. And, and you know, there's a division now of um, Red Meat Lovers Club up in Kentucky. Really? Yeah, he's doing well, an event, or he already did an event, or it's coming up in I knew, I knew he was, he was opening like New, New York. York Nashville. I, think I, I know he was doing New York. Kentucky. Randy Bush getting airtime. My oh, man. Hey. He's a good guy. Anybody who's a red meat lover, bro, yeah. got, got to support. He, know, he knows what he means to me. He's a good buddy. He's been out of Nicaragua to the factory with me. He's a great guy. Man. Red meat lover is going to go like completely national, I think, in about three to five years. There'll be a f- chapter like in every major city. I mean, who doesn't love meat That's getting together? It's, it's great. The vegans. Yeah. He... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, hey, listen, I got nothing against the vegan. Why don't you just let me enjoy my meat? Mm-hmm. I don't well, get that either. Well, we could talk to that story and use it with tobacco. I don't mind people that don't smoke. Just let me smoke my cigar someplace away from you, but let me do it do legally. Propaganda is now smoke-free. What? Sarah, yeah, I mean, it's a local bar that's been around forever. I mean, Sarah Lyman, who used to work for us, bartender, uh-huh. she's, I never thought, she just made a post yesterday, I never thought I'd say this, but propaganda now is smoke-free. Huh? And, and, and I guess it's a big thing. I'm not into the bar scene for like oh, a long no, time either. down here, yeah, yeah. but it's a, I guess a famous bar. Where is it? Delray, uh, propaganda, uh, Lake Worth. Lake Worth is a famous bar in Lake Worth. I guess wherever. And so again, you see all the people came out. Oh yeah, great, great. It's about time people can go outside. And I'm like, you know, you have the choice of just not going to that bar. Now, yeah. you why is that not an option for these people? You have a choice of just saying, hey. Don't get me started upon six, bro. There is smoking Please. here, so if I won't. There's go a there. restaurant I don't like their food. Guess what? I don't go. Hey. Get a better chef, make better food. 
What yeah. do I say? I'm not going. I don't go there. Yeah. Let's go eat somewhere else. If I go to a bar and they allow smoking, and this is a smoking bar, what do I, why do I want to make them change the rules? I just go to another bar. I refuse why to talk is politics. Not, okay. I'm not going to do it. Well, dude, that's a lot of our show sometimes. Well, I'll talk mm-hmm. politics FDA stuff, but what you're talking about is bigger than FDA. You're talking about where we are at the I'm talking planet. about humanity. I'm, exactly. I'm not talking about politics. Well, this is, no, this is a human race and how humans have become. No, no, no. It's not, because I travel the world, and I've seen other countries, and it's all based by your your outlook on what the government's view and job is in your life. Listen, what is, what is my intolerance of other people to do what they want to do has to do with the government? Because the government, don't, you're not getting me there, man. You're, get, you're sucking me in, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not sucking you in. I'm, I just got a serious <laughs> question, because I believe this is a personal problem. Okay. I, I believe this you is a problem the word in society of, that people now have become. I agree. Where they think that what they believe is how everybody should live. I agree. Okay, but how is that governmental? Okay, well, it just so happens the name of the bar you're talking about is called Propaganda. Yes. How conv- how convenient. <laughs> I get okay, it. Okay, it's called Propaganda. And and the and media puts it out there, of, and they steer people. And social media does it, too, by the way. What is tolerable? What shouldn't be tolerable? What's acceptable? What's not acceptable? Who's out of bounds? Who's not? They're constantly telling you what the right thing to think is. So what are you saying is that people have gotten brainwashed? Yes, yes, yeah. And and, and it's not obvious all the time, and it's not overt all the time. But hints are dropped all the time, and we can see that in politics today. That bleeds over into everything, like smoking. Smoking is you know not bad, not good for you, and and we have our legislature legislating things into our industry that were meant for the cigarette business. But because the word tobacco is in there, we suddenly fall into the same category all the time. You know, listen, we're both talking about the same thing, but like, I'm, I think my, like mine stems a little bit deeper, right? Because I'm not, I really don't care about the political side of it. Like, I'll give you an example, right? I, I'm not a vapor. I'll use, I'll I don't give, like vapor. I'll give you one word. It's called entitlement. And that's the, that's Probably the generation we're in. some form of entitlement, yes. And this is this is propagated in some way, shape, or form in some ways but, but by the I, government. I don't, I don't, I don't. I hate saying that. I don't <laughs> care for vaping. I'm not a vapor. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think the vaping people are more addicted than any other yeah, form of thing. I agree. Thing. Because like, even when you smoke cigarettes, you go outside, you have a break, you smoke a cigarette for three minutes, it's over and you're done. And you know, these guys are walking around with these things in their mouths all day, sitting on a toilet. Doing a, blowing out these. I'm not watching around the toilet, bro. But if you say so, I'm telling you. My <laughs> Every wife five uses, minutes, my wife uses a vape. She's oh, got she it in her hand. Yep, she's no. got it in her hand all the time, huh? and um, it's like everywhere they go. And 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 I think it's worse. But you want to know what? Not my problem. No, listen. This is why we're in America. If you do what you want to do. But, That's right. But they're out there making like a holy crusade. Like they need to save the universe. Save them from what? Save them from alcohol. You want to save people? Save people from McDonald's. Listen, man. Right. Big, big government. Big governments outlook on things is but we have to save you from yourself because you're too stupid but to know but, better. but the people have bought into it and now yeah. they're, they're thinking oh yeah well oh, vaping is dangerous well, that's right yeah, so is crossing the street so is living in la so is living you know i mean there are dangerous things in life and if somebody chooses that they want to vape that's what they want to do Everybody's i see an adult it no here. different than a guy who wants to drink eat at mcdonald's put a seatbelt on put a helmet on or not put a helmet on right i mean you see what i'm saying that for me is borderline what, what does it matter because, if I wear a helmet or not? Listen to me, because I, well, not, not, not the motorcycle helmet, but seatbelts, because I'm going to tell you why. I, I, I'm not a seatbelt wearer, mm-hmm. even though but I can understand the point because I got in an accident. Mm-hmm. And as the driver, mm-hmm. I lost complete control of the car because I was in, I get the, it, bro. I was in the passenger floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You get thrown. <laughs> I Trust was in the me, passenger floor mm-hmm. while my car had smashed into the wall, and then mm-hmm. the steering wheel was locked the other way. So after I smashed into the wall, my car veered across four lanes of Lakeshore Drive. Oh, Jesus. Yes. While I, my head was, my feet were up in the air. 
My head was. I so wish I had video of this. Yeah, had I been, but well, thank God, no, none, nobody rammed me after yeah. going the car yeah. going across the, the four lanes. Mm-hmm. But had I been at the wheel and able to still control the car, mm-hmm. it would have been better. So seatbelt. So you learned your lesson. No, but seatbelt. <laughs> but, 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 but listen, when a law really you know has a purpose to protect others and whatever, it's mm-hmm. different, right? Yes, I agree. And when know, it's others, there's, 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 there's no. They're not protecting <clears throat> anybody from vaping. I agree, man. Listen, we're all adults here. This is America. It's a free country. As long as you're not affecting anybody else's rights to do anything, I don't care. That's where I'm. I call myself a conservatarian. I think the government. You ever heard that before? No, that's a new one. What is that? Conservatarian. I am fiscally conservative. I'm socially libertarian. Libertarians Mm. believe do whatever the hell you want as long as it doesn't affect anybody else or everybody else, right? Conservatively, Mm. I'm about small government. Get the government out of the way. In in a in a you should coined, start a new movement. In a coined phrase, it would be, "Listen, do what you want. You have all the rights to do what you want and privileges, and we're not going to interfere with anything you want." The minute you ask me to pay for your privilege to do something, now I get a, a right to say about something. I, about I it, completely it. agree with that. That's why I'm, that's conservatarian, conservative. Is, is this a real party? Or you just create no. I, I put conservative and libertarian together. I'm you should start one. You should start it. There you go. Listen, Anybody wants to join a conservatarian group? Call David Blanco. Li- listen, make some T-shirts. You're already on the road. You're already on the road nine weeks in a row. You know, go campaign. I'm running. That's it, guys. I like. I'm it. announcing it here. Conservatarian. On my Ash Radio. Listen, I like conservatarian better than democratic socialism. I mean, what, yeah, what the geez. hell is that crap? No, man. Yeah, so I can't. Conservatarian. What do you feel like? Can you be a conservatarian? I could do that. Yeah. I could do that too. Yeah. Well, I think that I think, makes the, I think the biggest point of what everybody's trying to say in here is don't take away my right to choose what I want to do. That's right. Yeah. But then, but then everybody's well. I got the right to do this. I got the right to do that. I'm asking for public funds to do it. Oh, wait a minute yep. now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. This is where we change the scales here. And I would think most of our founding fathers would fall in the category of conservatarian. I like that. I think they would. You should tell you start making shirts and bumper stickers. Brilliant. Conservatarianism for all. There you go. You guys heard it here first. Dave Blanco, the conservatarian. All right, there we if go. If our forefathers were still alive today, they'd be conservatarians. Yes. There's your tagline. There's the truth. There's your tagline. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a short little break. We'll come back with more with David Blanco of Blanco Cigars here on KMA Talk Radio. Keep it lit. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. Experience the new Henry Clay Warhawk, a robust and complex cigar that's inspired by the rebellious roots of Henry Clay. The first of a three-part series honoring the life of the great statesman, this cigar is made with the best tobaccos grown and hand-rolled by the Grupo de Maestros at La Flor de Copen in Honduras. And it's not your typical Connecticut. This is a Henry Clay. Stand up, be different, and smoke a Warhawk. Surgeon General Warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer to the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. Hello, this is Glenn Case, owner of Christoph Cigars. Smoking a cigar is all part of the experience. For me, there's nothing better than gathering with friends after an amazing steak dinner and smoking my GC Signature Series paired with a fine glass of scotch. Good conversation and a few laughs is always better when smoking Kristoff. Start enriching your downtime. Go to Kristoff.com and click on the Discover Your Kristoff tab to find the Kristoff cigars that are right for you. Upgrade your downtime with Kristoff. The Oliva family, the makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available. For seven straight years, Cigar Aficionado has rated Oliva as one of the best cigars of the year. And Oliva has a cigar for all smokers. From the newly released Gilberto Oliva Reserva to the bold and rich Oliva Serie V. 
Oliva cigars can be found at a tobacconist near you. So always ask for Oliva. An unbeatable value and uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. The recently released Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is an extremely rare blend of Perdomo's finest and most cherished 12-year-old fillers, binders, and wrappers. Bale aged for 10 years and then barrel aged in bourbon barrels for an additional two years, these exquisite Nicaraguan tobaccos are bursting with rich, complex flavors. Offered in Connecticut Sun-Grown or Maduro, available at only 250 authorized tobacconists worldwide, the Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is a must-have for every cigar enthusiast. Hey, this is Clay from La Plena Cigar Company. My likes and dislikes, long walks in the park, old-school gangster films, wrestling grizzly bears with Abe. Dislikes, smelly feet, flight attendants with an attitude, and Friday afternoon traffic. What I know you will like is the La Polina family of fine cigars, such as Mr. Sam, Bronze Label, and our highly rated classic series. But let's not forget the limited edition Goldie. Quality forever, La Polina Cigars. Placencia Cigars has been one of the world's leading growers of first-class tobacco since 1865. Today, Nestor Placencia Sr., together with the fifth generation of the Placencia family, continued the legacy. With over 3,000 acres of quality tobacco fields, they are makers of quality cigars, including Alma Fuerte, ranked among the top 10 cigars in major publications. Find them in your local premium tobacconist stores around the country. Placencia Cigars, perfected for more than 150 years. Yours to enjoy now. Looking for something unique and awesome? Smoke Oscar Valdaris Cigars. 2012 Connecticut. 2012 Corojo. 2012 Maduro. The Oscar Habano. The Oscar Maduro. My Way. And our latest creation, Oscar Valdaris Cicerone Edition. A great cigar that comes in five different collectible boxes with an amazing exclusive artwork. Remember, Oscar has something unique and awesome waiting for you. Ask for Oscar Cigars in your favorite cigar shop. Keep the party going all week long at the world-famous Spearmint Rhino, West Palm Beach. Every Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday, enjoy $3 premium drinks from the bar till midnight. Magnum Mondays means $100 Magnums of Belvedere and Moe Brute until midnight. Get your thrills every $10 Tuesday with $10 dances all day and night. Ladies, don't miss Women Crush Wednesdays with half off your cover charge. No matter the time of day, it's always a good time at Spearmint Rhino, West Palm Beach. Welcome back. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. Welcome back to KMA Talk Radio. I'm Adam K., the Brewmeister. We are broadcasting live here in lovely West Palm Beach, Florida, on this Saturday in the wonderful month of October, getting ready for Halloween. Nice and warm. With I, I tried to put a last-minute Halloween costume together not having mm-hmm. an easy time. Oh, really? Well, my son, my son, got himself a Miles Morales outfit, which he looks pretty badass in. It's actually it looks like a little Miles Morales. I'll show you a picture. <laughs> it's a pretty good at costume. And I was looking for like a big white suit so I can go as Kingpin. Ooh, I couldn't find one. <laughs> oh. You can find a lot of colors in my size, but white, not one of them. That's I'm a, still gonna look. Just get something and bleach it. <laughs> That's the option too. Yeah, but I need, Brilliant. I, I need I need like an ascot, a big white jacket, purple mm-hmm. pants. You know, the king's easy. The pit king's easy. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought if I went around as kingpin with, with him, you know, during that would work. Halloween, That'd be, be pretty cool. Be pretty badass. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I already got the hair for it. Yep. <laughs> oh, he missed it. Brilliant. There you go. I got you. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> now it's time for what we consider to be our favorite part of the show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. 
I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. This week, KMA Talk Radio is pleased to welcome David Blanco of Blanco Cigars back to the show. The Blanco Cigar Company was founded in the 1998. However, the family's history and roots into the tobacco industry can be traced back to Cuba and their cousins of 80 years, the Placencia family. David, welcome back to KMA Talk Radio. There you go. Shout out to the Placencias. Absolutely. Big part of our uh, business here and a uh, uh, big part of the Blanco uh, family of cigar manufacturing because we you, work out of their factory. Do you pop down to the era offices and to oh, yeah. the, the brewery when you're here or when you're in oh, Miami? Yeah, I, I don't. I haven't gone to the brewery. Okay. Yeah, I haven't had time. I'm, I'm always working. That would like kind of t- I have like free time to go have a beer or something. I really don't. Uh, well, you can <laughs> take a meeting at their offices. It's right there. And, oh, we're having a meeting. We have to walk over. I might. You know, since Darn. I'm going to Miami tomorrow, maybe I'll have to arrange it. Well, it's Sunday. It's not going to happen. And yeah, I can it do is. it on Sunday. No, they won't meet me on Sunday. No, they pretty... won't meet you, but you can still go to the brewery. Yeah, that's true. I could go to the brewery. Maybe yeah. we'll go to the brewery. What do you think, Raul? Yes, sir. Instead of no, that he's, calls for a beer. He's, he's a man oh, yeah. full of words. I know. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen. He, don't, let, don't, don't cross him, though. <laughs> you won't even hear it coming. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, now is what has become the unwritten standard of the show. Our audience would like to know what accomplishments you've done by five years old. By five <laughs> years old? I thought Adam would get a kick out oh, of that. Oh, my goodness uh, gracious. We'll, we'll talk about it after the show, but that seems to be a big chatter. They'd like to know, what have you done by the age of five? Come I have, again. I have stopped uh, urinating my... My pants by the age of five, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that bar has just been a little bit lower than our guest from last week. Jeez, who was it last week? Man, man, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> Moving right along. Um, so, so yeah, do tell us now. So you're growing up in Chicago, right? We had a little mm-hmm. Chicago morning. You're, mm-hmm. you're in Lane Tech. Where do you go to college? Uh, UIC. UIC. Oh, actually, I, w- really? I, went to, I went to a bunch of places, actually, because I ran out of money. First, I went to Loyola. You went to oh. Loyola. I went to Loyola. Lost. I ran out of money after two semesters. I went to Loyola for I think uh, half. Yeah, lost, half a year. One I semester longer than you did. Yeah. I went to, well, I went to IU. <laughs> I went to IU for two and a half years. Yeah. Loyola was my attempt, my brainwashed attempt that I had to finish college. Right. At, at a big name university. Well, I went to Indiana right out of high school. Oh. So okay. I was at Indiana University for two and a half years, and then kind of didn't want to go back. And then my parents were like, oh, you got to go to school. So I ended up going, because I'm living in Chicago. I yeah, it's close. Up, I went yeah. to Loyola. Right I tried that for half a semester to continue. I just wasn't yeah. really interested. I just wanted to work. I hear I you. kept getting jobs and working, and yeah, it just wasn't my shtick. I actually, uh, I went through college, but it took me a long time to finish, because I was a working adult, like you were just discussing. I was I was still in sheriff's department, fire department. I didn't graduate college until many years ago. I didn't finish. You never did? No. I did. It took me. I got three years in. I never finished. It took me 11 Maybe years. Maybe when I retire and I got nothing better to do. <laughs> it took I'll, me 11 years, bro. And I might go get my remaining credits just to say I got a That's college it. diploma. A college uh, yeah, diploma. Back. I never quit in yeah, anything. I never finished. It took me 11 years. I had three majors. I never looked at and it. I finished them all. I never looked at it like I quit. Yeah. I got I, you. In my mind, it was a choice. I just wasn't interested. Yeah, but I had so much time invested. I was like, I got to see this through. I got to just. Get the piece of paper to say it's done. What happened was the first two years I was in college, I accumulated a lot of debt, right? Because now you start getting yeah. credit cards, you know, you're up till three in the morning, you're buying mm. pizzas, you're buying beer, you're doing whatever else you're doing. And then, you know, um, toward the end of my sophomore year and that summer and going into my junior year, I started getting good jobs. I started making good money and people started paying me to do something. Like, why do I need the school thing? And I started making my own money and my own ideas and my own companies. My first company was a, a graphics company out of my mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to say to myself, well, let me get this straight. You know, the two years I always managed to seem to do is accumulate debt. Man. And now I'm making good money. And I say, isn't that kind of the whole purpose of college? 
Yeah. And I tried to push myself. That was what that half semester Loyola was. You know, mm-hmm. I tried to push myself and say, oh, let me just try to do this. But when I had choices of finishing jobs, making deadlines or whatever, or doing homework. The money was more important. I was making the money. So I, I just I just stopped. You know, I agree. wasn't interested. I was doing civil service jobs and then doing school on the side. So I was doing both. And and I was getting some of the school paid for, obviously, so it wasn't that big of a financial right. issue. But it just took forever because I was working full time. Yeah, I had to buy, I had to pay for Layla out of my own pocket. Yeah, well I did too. My, my parents my parents fronted the Indiana money, but when I opted not to go back, well, you're on your own. You're done. <laughs> you better you better go figure out how to survive. Because yeah, if you don't want to be a student, not cheap. We're not paying anything. So for you said you had eleven years in three majors. What were the three majors? Criminal justice, political science, and paramedic medicine. Okay, then really? Yeah. 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 I wanted to be I wanted to be a cop. And I had military background and I was like, Well, maybe I want to go federal. And maybe now, I'll do something. Have you already been in the military? Yeah, I joined out at eight, eighteen. This is thirtieth anniversary today of me signing at the age of eighteen. Is it today? Wow. Well, actually, it's the last day of three. It's the three hundred sixty fifth day, so wow. tomorrow's the anniversary of day one. Well, so, thank yeah. you so much for your service. Thirty years. Mm-hmm. I can't even believe I'm saying that. So what? Made, what made you go? Were your parents in the military? What made my you, father? Yeah, my, my uncle, the... my brother, uh, uh, my grandfather. Yeah, we, we had we have family in general. So military is in your blood. Yeah. So you knew pretty much before eighteen you were probably going to serve. Yeah. Oh yeah. And what branch did you sign up for? Army. Army, and then the home. only branch. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we got a marine in the next office. Let's bring him in. I'll talk stuff. slowly <laughs> so he can understand. <laughs> oh <me>. no! <laughs> oh, he just didn't my brother was a marine. No worries. Oh man. no! <laughs> Shuts fire. <laughs> Actually, Raul was eighty second airborne. Yes, sir. I really, was. I hire veterans, my friend. Thank yes. you for your service too, my friend. You're welcome. So, um, how long were you in the military? Well, it depends. I mean, it, when you, there's different phases. There's reserve. There's active duty. So you stayed, national you stayed guard. after yeah. your disability. yeah. So my most of my time is reserve. I've done national guard, but yeah, that's why I'm not full time. My full time job is my cigar company. Right, right. But I still continue to serve. As a matter of fact, part of the time I was in Europe this past five weeks. You had to reenact. I was going to bring something. Yeah, yeah. Up because I want to we talk were talking about, about that. that I was watching yeah. the videos. Tell us what you did. Well, I went twice this year. Um, June, I went the first time, uh, and I was going to do some business, and I was like, well, I'm going to make a, a trip out of this. June uh, 6th, obviously, was, well, for those of you who don't know, was the 75th anniversary of the, of the D-Day invasion. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I got together with a bunch of my buddies who are also retired, and they actually own a bourbon company. It's called, if you ever heard of Horse Soldier Bourbon? I am familiar with it. Okay. Those weren't the guys that came to the, the Great Smoke last they, year, Yes, they think, did. They yeah, were there, yes. The movie, they, the movie was made after them, 12 they strong. Weren't like, they weren't like on our regular listing, but they, somebody came to us at the last minute, yes, and we got they were, those guys in. Yeah. They were a last-minute yeah, add-on. Yeah, they were in our Great Smoke yeah. the first time last that year. Was, those guys, they, they're called, it was called Horse Soldier Bourbon because these were the guys, there you go, who were part okay. of who the movie. You was got was sound bites I never knew you had. Go ahead. That wasn't a soundbite, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. He does have a horse in the next That's room. That's impressive. <laughs> the, um, the the movie 12 Strong uh, was made after them. It was a movie about Vietnam. Uh, no, uh, with Afghanistan. Uh, Chris Hemsworth yeah. and Grim the first Lamp- guy. Yes, that went yes. into Afghanistan, a response to 9-11, to go after the warlord. About mm-hmm. that, that movie was made after them. Really? And they went in, on horseback, which is why it's called Horse Soldier Bourbon. Um, so... Those guys and I were friends. We got together. We went to Europe. I uh, went to Normandy. They rented this humongous, I want to say a villa, but whatever you call those things over there. It was just monstrosity. It was like 800 years old. Wow. We had about 16, 18 guys in the place. And uh, we all jumped. Uh, jumped. I actually jumped twice. Some How many times have you jumped out of a plane? Oh, I, Jesus. I don't even count anymore, man. Tons of times. Yeah, yeah. Lots. Do you remember the first time? Oh, yeah. It was in airborne school. I know. Were you a little freaked? 
Yeah, yeah, because I think I had door position. And when you stand in the door and you're watching the world go by and looking down, that's when you you got time to think about it. At this Ugh. point, you'd never, like, like you know, recreationally skydived or anything. I, no, not at that time, no. Right, so this is like your first time you're I was jumping 18. out of a plane. Yeah, I was 18. Yeah. And were you wow. shooting your pants? No, but I was clinching a little okay. bit. <laughs> did, 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 did anybody just say, fuck it and don't do it? Yeah, that is. It does happen. It really? does happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We usually do they get discharged then, or what happens? Uh, they will get some uh, uh, counseling. No, they get, a little, they get a little bit more than that. Uh, uh, on paper, yeah. It's, we have the UCMJ, Uniform Code of Military Justice. Uh, if you are a failure to jump, a refusal to jump, you will get you. You will have charges put against. Not criminal charges, right? You could get discharged. Uh, not necessarily discharged. Really, you can you can get demoted. You could get uh, wow. you can get extra duty. You could you know you're going to serve a punishment. There's going to be a punishment for it. So you're cleaning the latrines. Yeah, you could be. That could be one of your punishments. But do they, they, do they try to get him to go jump again? or they? Just oh, yeah, stay, yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they keep going until you jump. Yeah, yeah. They wow. don't transfer him to a different mm-hmm. branch or anything? Or? Not unless they absolutely refuse forever and ever. I'm going to jump. I, 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 mean, mm-hmm. I mean, look, you really don't know whether you can do it until you get to the door. If you've never, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. you don't know. You say I'm going to do it. Well, we can work them up to it. Airborne school, we have uh, three different weeks. We have ground week. Um and then what's the second week? How do you work somebody uh, up to jumping week. out Excuse of a plane? Excuse me, tower week. You stand on top of a tower and jump? Yeah, yeah. So ground week, we just like have you jump from little things like uh, you know ten, eight, six feet, whatever it is, and then you roll on the ground, learn how to fall, and then we say, okay, it's tower week, and then when you have you jump from these doors that have bungees, and you're attached to the bungees, and you bounce down the cable, so you get used to a little bit more height. They're about thirty-five foot tower, thirty-four foot tower, and then we have what we call at the mighty ungawa, and it basically takes you up. It's like what you see at the old. Um, the I think Coney Island. Ungawa. Yeah, the, the I think they might have had one at Coney Island one time. Like one of those crane shooter things. They, yeah, they take you up mm-hmm. and thing, and, and then they and then it's in a shoot. You're in a shoot, and then it releases you, and you just fall down. It's about 200, 300 feet high or something like that. And then you, so you get used to just the landing, but it gives. So you're slowly breaking down right. all the barriers. So then when you get in the plane, it's still different than being that many thousand feet up in the air looking down. Fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred feet is all we jump. Oh, that's it. Static mm-hmm. line. Yeah, okay. static line. The minute you jump out, it your pulls. chute gets ripped, right, and, right. and you're okay. and you're going. So I mean, still, I mean, it's still it was. Hard. But this jump in June was unbelievable because we it was it was a reenactment. So we jumped out of C forty sevens from World War Two that actually took part in the D Day invasion. Uh, we were in World War Two uniforms to reenact it. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. And we jumped in the same drop zones. We jumped at Caratan. Was it eerie? It was. It was. Unbe- Thinking of what happened there and what was going on at that moment. Not only that, there were guys there that jumped. The old, there's an old gentleman. Oh uh, I forgot his name God. now. He's 97 years old. He was no interviewed way. on Fox News. He did. He jumped tandem. What? So right. And he and so that's a free fall. So we did our jumps. Then they spin the the bird up to I think it was 6,000 feet or something like that. And then he jumps attached to one of our our instructors. And then he landed. And then. Fox News was there giving a huge interview wow. and everything else. I mean, so to shake these guys' hands, for me, this was an honor to, I, I'm jumping for them because this is probably the last year in living memory, big anniversary that these guys will be with us. Yeah. These guys are 94, 95, 97 years old. If they make the 80th anniversary, it's a miracle. So I wanted to jump to honor them, to be able to shake their hand, look them in their eye, and, and thank them for being the greatest generation and changing the world as we know it and giving us the opportunity to live in the world we have today. As, as much as we complain about all this nonsense that's going on politically and everything else, I mean, we could all be speaking German. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, this, that war could have gone a lot differently. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it started with the D-Day invasion to take back Europe, June 6, 1944. So I wanted to thank them. I just went back again, uh, obviously, this past five weeks, because since 1944 was the big year everything happened because we moved towards Germany, 
September was the, 40, uh, the 75th anniversary of Operation Market Garden, which some people may not be familiar yeah, with not. the name. Mm-mm. Operation Market Garden, up until that point, was the largest airborne operation in World War II with 14,000 paratroopers dropped over Holland, Eindhoven, Nijmegen, and Arnhem. Uh, U.S. troops, British troops, and Polish troops. And I think there were some Dutch involved as well. Um, to take back that side and go over the Rhine. The Rhine was the yeah, gateway yeah, into yeah. Germany. The Americans, uh, the 101st Airborne took over Nijmegen and secured their area. The 82nd Airborne jumped. I'm sorry, it was the other way around, I think. Eindhoven was the 101st Airborne. Nijmegen was the 82nd Airborne. And the British and the Polish, and I think there were some Dutch troops, a few. Uh, no who, French. No, they weren't. They weren't I know, I know. <laughs> we're in Arnhem. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, they, they, then there was supposed to be a ground wave to support these guys to bring up and, and, and fortify them. The British were able to hold the bridge in Arnhem for three days. They needed to hold it for seven, which what they weren't taught. They were told they were going to get enough support. Wow. They ran into the Panzers division. There's just a tank division for the Germans, and they got pushed back over the bridge. And the bridge, the, the, the Germans were able to reinforce. Now, if you guys want to learn more about this, you can Google it or whatever, but there was a great old war movie made about it, and you guys may have heard it. It's called A Bridge Too Far. No. A Bridge Too Far is the about the Arnhem Bridge. Okay. So it'll give you all the background and all about that, but... So I jumped there with uh, the uh, NATO forces. So all of us jumped, British, Dutch. There were French in this one. We, all the NATO forces of course, jumped together. Of course, there's no war going on. Yeah, Dutch and uh, the British jumped. Uh, the Italians jumped. Everybody jumped. And when we jump with foreign forces, we exchange wings officially. So oh. if they jump with us, they get the American jump wings. Uh, we had four jumps. The last jump, uh, Prince Charles was there, and 30,000 people were watching. I mean, really? It was a big deal. Yeah, it was a big deal in Europe because this is part of the liberation of Europe and for sure. for Holland, mm-hmm. this was the big one. And if you remember, about a month or two ago, before that, it was, you know, Paris is liberated seventy five years ago, and before that, it was the D Day thing. So, right. in in December is the seventy fifth anniversary of the Battle of the Bulge, which is another huge one that uh, everybody's going to. Yeah. And I'm, I'm Band of Brothers brought that, mm-hmm. you know, to light pretty much. A lot of people heard about it after that, so I'm going to try to go there for that because we actually jumped in uh, Market Garden. A, a gentleman from the uh, from the 101st Airborne, who was in the Battle of the Bulge, jumped as well. Wow. So, I mean, these guys are, I got to just hats off to them, shake their hands, and thank them for everything they've done. And and what an honor to jump in the same ground. Like you said, goosebumps? Yeah, my can't Lord, imagine. Man. I, now, it's all I can see is Saving Private Ryan. You know, yeah. thinking that I'm standing where this was going on. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. getting, like, I'm jumping out of the same planes these guys yeah. are jumping out of. I wore the same uniform to try to you know get a little more for the people watching for the right. reenactment phase. Right. I mean, we didn't use old shoots, thank God. That, you know, <laughs> safety first. <laughs> but other than that, and my buddies from Horse Soldier and I, we jumped, and they jumped in bottles of bourbon, and I jumped in cigars. And if you go to Blanco, uh, David Blanco on YouTube, or not YouTube, David Blanco on Facebook, uh, you'll be able to see my GoPro video and all the stuff that I did. And I'm going to be doing the same video segment for Market Garden, but I haven't been home yet to edit that video for my, my uh, GoPro. So that'll probably be up in a week since I'm going home finally. But you wow. can see the one from D-Day. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What wow. is crazy? And then I go right back to cigars, and I start going to events and shops all over Europe with my distributors. Well, your, 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 life se- your life seems to reenact your career these days, you know, what yeah. you're doing on. So you're, you're in the military. You get out of the military. Mm-hmm. How do you end up doing cigars? Well, um, I stayed reserved. Uh, I joined the fire department and, and uh, after I left the sheriff's department. 
And as any good fireman, what made you go from sheriff to fire department? It's usually not usually. I that. wanted to be a cop. Remember, so I went and I did my criminal <laughs> justice. So I started off the sheriff's department. I ha- and you put your name as a civil servant. Those of you guys that are out there that either serve police, fire, or anything like that. You know, when you're trying to get on the job somewhere, you put your name on every list possible. Right. Mm-hmm. So I put my name on every list possible. The county called me first, and then Chicago called me about a year later, and. Both called me. Chicago Police and Chicago Fire were hiring at the same time. Oh, you're like a whole TV network show. It's all going all gone on at once. Mm-hmm. So at that time, after working for Cook County, and I was at 26 in Cal uh, for a while, and then I, I worked with the Sheriff's Work Alternative Program, and I, I did some time at the academy teaching firearms and stuff because of my background. I was like, I don't want to have anything to do with this judicial system. Hmm. It's broken. So In I Chicago, absolutely. Yeah. So I said, uh, I think I'm going to go to the fire department. And because I was a paramedic, I was hired as a paramedic, and I worked the ambulances, and I was there for seven years. So you asked me, how do I start my company? As any good uh, firefighter, paramedic, anybody in that side of the house knows, we all have side jobs because we work 24-hour shifts. So my side job, I started my cigar company with my father and my uncle. Couldn't do it alone. I was in my mid-20s. Couldn't afford to do this on my own. I went all in. Why didn't you go into retail? What made you say I wanted to make cigars? That's, that's a leap. If your family's not tied to it. Well, it was. That's the deal. That's what I'm saying. If you're mm-hmm. family, I mean, you leap. Yeah, family. so my fam- yeah. yeah, my family was tied to it. My family had a history and heritage in Cuba of growing tobacco and making cigars. So it was. There you go. Yeah, there it was. So I was just like, well, let's get back into the business. And it, it was predicated by the, the yuppies jumping back into cigars. If you remember in the mid-90s, there was this cigar boom. 97. Yeah. Right, so 96, 97, 98, I, yeah. I incorporated in '98, so I suddenly became the subject matter expert from all my friends who were nobody my age was smoking cigars, and then suddenly everybody my age was smoking cigars, and they knew that I smoked cigars. I was like, "Hey, what's a good cigar? What's a bad cigar? How do you cut a cigar? What's the, the next thing was? Can you get us some cigars? Doesn't your family make cigars in Nicaragua? You know, stuff like that." Yeah. I was like, "I think I see a business model opportunity here." Talked to my father, my uncle. We all got together. We opened up a factory in Ybor City. And my uncle was running it. His name's Francisco. He was also a Vietnam veteran, 20-year veteran. And uh, we started galloping down the road. My father handled um, legal and, and all that stuff, administrative. I handled uh, blending, design of products, sales, and stuff. So we all had our hat to wear. Two years into it, my uncle comes down with a medical problem as a result of Agent Orange exposure after 20 years. And he suddenly can't walk. So we have to close the factory. Are you getting sound? Yeah. Uh-oh. Is that my phone? It, it's usually not. I don't it's, know. It's, like it's, a, it's a commercial. Uh-oh. Yeah, do you hear I it, will Holly? just talk mm-hmm. louder. You don't hear it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it that TV? I it don't know. Let me turn it off. It's, Let's see what happens. Nope. Do you hear it? Yeah, I do. It's way in the background. It's definitely a commercial for. It's a, it's very faint, but yeah, it's out there. Yeah. So anyway, it's usually not this bad. Usually, I get a little bit, but what is it? it it's it's from another it, show. It's crossfeed, yeah, basically, feedback. what it is. Feed, yeah, it's feed cross something else. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, are we just hearing it, or are our listeners hearing it? Um, they're probably not okay. able to pick it up. So they're probably like, "What the? Hey, fuck that guy are they who's listening, about? that one guy who's listening to the show, call in and let us know if you hear it." <laughs> <laughs> so we closed our factory two years in because my uncle uh, couldn't handle anymore, and that's when we called up. Our other family, our cousins, the Placencias, my father and Nestor Sr. are cousins. I are they like first cousins or uh, like? Second cousins. Okay. So uh, we call them up and we're like, hey, can we just shift production to your facility? And they're like, come on down. That was 2000. That was in 2000. So I've been at that factory now. Almost 20 years, years yeah. yeah. So we've been working, um, killing it. 
And the cigars are still made there? Still made there. We actually closed our company for two years because one year later, 9-11 happened. Right? Right. My father goes to Iraq. I go to Afghanistan. Jeez. So we had to close for two years. Come back 2004, like starting all over again. Literally. Literally. I mean, all my sales reps were independent, and they all evaporated and yep. took all their Scattered, brands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had, to, I had to hit the road on my own and, and beat it up. You know, and that's, I think, when I started asking you if you'd sell my cigars, and you said, uh, no. <laughs> Literally every every trade show. That's right. You tell me Every no. trade show. And who was that lady that worked with you? Because she was a dog. I mean, uh, she, like, was relentless on me. Uh, I mean, that, we're going back, like, like a pit bull plus like, years. Yeah, there were a couple that worked with us. I got to find her picture. Tracy? Al- Alicia. No. Then it was Isabel. No. Those were the two, man. The Polish girl or the Puerto tickle, Rican tickle, girl? Tickle, tickle, I don't think she was Latin or she didn't look Latin. Then she was Polish. That's Alicia. Was that her name, Alicia? Yeah, Alicia. She looked, she was from Norwich. Pull, pull up her Facebook profile. Let me see. Oh, my God. But she, she would hunt me down. It's Alicia. Yeah, she would literally hunt me. Like, you sit there on me, and she never like, let go for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to stuff? Come on. She would trap me in elevators. Wow. I'm not kidding you. Like, like I'd literally be in an elevator by myself. The door would be closing, and her hand would slide in between the thing. Just like, hey, Abe. Oh, she was good. She was good. I, I, she had to generate Apparently a lot not of, good enough because you still said no. Well, we were growing. We were I know. investing. I mean, I know. you know. It was, you so were we. Yeah. So, so it's, it's tough. Today, I could be a lot more liberal in trying new brands than no, I could, I you know. Well, here I am 22 years later. I like to tell people that all the, all the time. I'm a 22-year overnight success. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> right. Yeah, that sounds about the, like the cigar industry, 100%. Yeah. 22 years much. just to get anywhere or somewhere or just even to find a foothold. That's right. That's right. But now we're growing like a weed. We're in, uh, I don't know, 15 countries, something like that in Europe. Uh, I'm in Asia. We have comp- countries in Africa we sell to. We're opening up the Middle East this year. Uh, Canada, Caribbean, the United States. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be going to Vietnam wow. and Thailand in January. They already sell our product over there. Malaysia has our product. I mean, Australia used to have our product. I think they're going to taper off because they're just almost making it impossible to sell over there. It's, it is. Yeah. Other than that. Antarctica is the only place I don't sell cigars, so I mean I'm working on the penguins. What but, are you doing, man? What's I know the penguins. They, I can't get them to smoke. They, I'm trying, but other than that, we're selling everywhere. What and would you say I'm, is, I'm on the road so much. is the most surprising growing market that you're in? Pakistan. Really? <laughs> yeah, I would say so too. Yeah. When the guy called me up in Pakistan, he goes, "Dave, we're going to import your cigars if we can, and we'd love to do business." I was like, "Okay, really? There's a market in Pakistan?" He goes, "Well, I'm going to be the importer." Distributor and the retailer, and I'm opening up five stores or something like oh, that. So this is recent development. Uh, about a year oh, ago, no. year and a half. How's it been doing? Oh. He's reordered. No way. Yeah, yeah. So I would have to say that area of the planet and 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 Asia. Now Vietnam is growing and all those places, but you know there's other markets. So when you sell to your Asia, like say Vietnam or something like that, I don't know where my cigars go from, go from there. Right. Who, who knows where they go? So is the consumption all in Vietnam or are they? Making their way into Laos, Cambodia, China. Sure. Who knows? Sure, sure. All I know is they're selling them. That's all you matters. That's all that matters. And people are smoking them. In Africa, I'm, uh, we're trying to open up Angola. I've been talking to a guy over there in Angola. We're in the Congo. I mean, we're in the Congo. Who, I'm selling cigars, cigars in, in the, the Congo. Well, no, we had the same thing when we had the Hiram and Solomon guys on, and they had the guy from the Congo call. Same them. guy. Yeah, we same probably, guy. probably the yeah. same guy. Same guy. No, we, well, for those of you that don't know, I work with Hiram and Solomon. Yeah. I blend their cigars. Mm-hmm. We make their cigars at the Placencia factory for them. We import their cigars. Mm-hmm. And I actually am in, in charge of all of their international distribution. So, yeah, it is the same guy in the Congo that sells. Wow. Stuff, I don't think there's a lot of guys in the Congo, but there's probably definitely No, one. it's just him. Yeah. It's just him. <laughs> 
It's just him and the snakes. Yeah, he's in Kinshasa. And the, uh, yeah, and just, the, and the, the gorillas. Yeah. 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 Kinshasa is the way Gorillas are big consumers of cigars. Hey, man. Hey, let, they may eat it. I don't know. They may eat them like wow. lettuce. <laughs> so we're growing markets all over the place. That's why I spent so much time in Europe. I was in Sweden, uh, Denmark, border there with Germany. We're in Holland. I'm going back and forth, different companies, so uh, yeah. countries. So we're, we're growing. There's a lot of good stuff going on there. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, more with David Blanco of Blanco Cigars. Keep it lit. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. We are family. Stop right there. A, I hate the song. B, I can't sing. Dan Blunt here for Alec Bradley Cigars. I'm making a point, though, and that's Alec Bradley Cigars is a family operation. Alan Rubin named the company after his two sons, Alec and Bradley, when they were just tykes. Now they're grown up, working alongside their dad, making the best damn cigars you ever smoked. So join the family. Alec Bradley Cigars. Fuel your soul and experience inspiration with the Aging Room Quattro Series by Rafael Nodal. More than just a master blender, but the inspired composer of four boutique masterpieces for the sophisticated palate of an aficionado. The Aging Room Quattro Series are a perfect core to flavor and aroma and are born from the best tobaccos, aged under the expertise of one of the greatest names in cigar making. Truly the perfect notes for a genuine cigar smoking experience. Aging Room Quattro Series, a quartet of excellence. Hoya de Nicaragua proudly announces the release of Cuatro Cinco Reserva Especial, a carefully modified recipe containing a unique and exceptional selection of barrel-aged grade-A fillers and a beautiful silky-shade-grown Habano wrapper. From the legendary Jalapa Valley, producing small quantities, this exceptional medium to full-bodied cigar will continue to captivate consumers with its rich Nicaraguan complexity, subtle woody and sweet flavors, and a velvety finish. Try a Cuatro Cinco Reserva Especial today. CLE Cigar Company presents CLE Cigars, Eroa Cigars, and Asylum Cigars. With four generations and over 120 years of experience in tobacco, from seed to smoke, these cigars are produced in Honduras and Nicaragua with the utmost care and precision possible. CLE Cigar Company introduces a vast array of tobaccos in various sizes to bring the highest quality of premium tobacco direct for your enjoyment. Visit CLECigars.com for more information. Since their humble beginnings in 1998, Drew Estate has believed that the production floor is the crossroads between art and passion and where the real magic takes place. Drew Estate Master Blender Willie Herrera has crafted a unique medium-bodied line extension that is creamy, lush, and ultra-smooth and finished off with a flawless shade wrapper that delivers satisfaction in spades. Continuing the story from their factory floor, it is with great bravado that the Drew Estate presents Under Crown Shade. A true Drew experience. For hundreds of years, the indigenous people of the Dominican Republic took tobacco and rolled it tightly into palm leaves. These long cylinders of tobacco, called yawa, created different, unique, robust flavors and aromas, and that original Anduyo tobacco is now for the first time featured in La Aurora Dominican DNA. Full-bodied, robust, spicy, and elegant, La Aurora Dominican DNA is a return to the roots of Dominican cigar making that only La Aurora can provide. Enjoy the very DNA of the Dominican cigar industry. Look to the lion, La Aurora Cigars. We are Dominican defined. The Oliva family, the makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available. For seven straight years, Cigar Aficionado has rated Oliva as one of the best cigars of the year. And Oliva has a cigar for all smokers. From the newly released Gilberto Oliva Reserva to the bold and rich Oliva Serie V. 
Oliva cigars can be found at a tobacconist near you. So always ask for Oliva. An unbeatable value and uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. Ventura Cigar Company is a boutique cigar brand born in sunny Southern California. Ventura Cigar Company is on a mission to create memorable, complex cigar blends that excite the senses and reward discriminating palates. Experience the Cigar Aficionado number 13 Cigar of the Year. The archetype, Axis Mundi. Rise up, step up, look up, fire up, and leave compromise behind with Ventura Cigar Company. Check them out online at VenturaCigar.com. Welcome back. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. Welcome back to KMA Talk Radio, broadcasting live. I'm Adam K., the brewmeister. With me, of course, as always, the man, the myth, Mr. Anastasia. Hello, hello, hello. And we are here on this lovely Saturday with David Blanco of Blanco Cigars. David, thanks for being here on this. Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Can I say that? Yes. (laughs) Sure. I don't think it's trademarked. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Probably. I'm just messing with you. That's an old school reference there for those of you that don't know. I know it. Anybody? Mm -hmm. Anybody? I know it. Huh? Oh, yeah. To whom? Howard. There we go. Yeah. Howard Stern. Come on. Hey, listen, you'd be surprised. I say stuff all the time. People go, I don't understand what you mean. Music. That's funny. You know, Our s- listeners said they couldn't hear that sound. It's the voices in Abe's uh, head. There you go. <laughs> you make you make a reference to movies and, and lyrics and mm-hmm. songs and stuff like that, and they go, I don't understand what you're talking about. And then you, that's when you know you're old. That's when you know you're old. Unfortunately, he's the only person who gets about 90% of my references. Well, you're about the same age? No. Oh, and he gets them. About 90%. This is why Family Guy is so successful with guys our age. Because all his references, he's the same age we are. Yeah, we relate to. And we can understand mm-hmm. all the inside jokes that go right over people's heads. Yeah. TV shows and commercials or whatever. The hell. But anyway. Anyway, yeah. So we have this new line you're coming out with here mm-hmm. in front of us. It was just released the beginning of September. I'm going to take these out of cello for the go ahead, camera, bro. right? Yeah. It never, never looks as good in cello. Mm-hmm. Now, did you launch this at the trade show? I I wanted to have it at the trade show mm-hmm. for pre-orders, but we we didn't get the bands. The printing that wasn't right with the bands, so I didn't show it. I talked about it. I had some photos because mm-hmm. we were able to get them print, reprinted, but we couldn't get them up from Nicaragua in time. Got it. So I did show it to him. I said this is going to be available in a month and a half or whatever, and we got them released in the beginning of September, and people received in the beginning of September. Now, are you? What is the base of the blend here? We're talking. Well, the name of the brand. Yeah, let's talk about the the brand. So I'm gonna, I want, this is a good looking cigar. I want to make sure I get the. The name of the brand yeah, is uh, above, above, right there, above and beyond, by Blanco Cigars. Now that's the name of the the series is above and beyond. Right, the right? brand, so, the, the entire brand. So is, you, these are this is this brand is going to consist of a series of multiple correct. different like lines. Yep. Correct. This is the first of four. Four for the series. Yep. And this series, I wanted to start with the culmination of all of what the series is going to be about. What that means is that the above and beyond is a reference to those civil servants, police, fire, EMS, military, that go above and beyond in, in the service of our country. And heroes, for those of you that understand the, the actual definition, uh, are those that don't survive it, those that pay the ultimate price, that sacrifice themselves. Is that what this representative Correct. of this? I'll go over everyone, yeah, everything okay. that it represents everything. So that's why heroes, I wanted to pay homage and respect and honor to them. And, uh, and when you smoke this, I always tell people, most people know somebody. 
and think of them and honor them and uh, smoke it because they're not able to. They, they sacrifice themselves so that you could have and live the life that you live or saved somebody in, in, in the service of their line of, you know, of doing their job. So we made it all box pressed. There's four sizes, four sizes, and the names of them represent the four types of heroes by definition, classic, epic, willing, and unwilling. Those are the four types of heroes. If you want to look them up, um, so is that we, like a definitive thing? Like an actual, yeah, like I don't yeah. even know that. Absolutely. I mean, you just look them up. Look up classic hero or epic hero or willing hero, unwilling hero. Sometimes people are th- thrust into a something. Totally that, get willing and unwilling. Yeah. But what's what's the difference between classic and epic? Wait, we start looking at mythology and stuff like that, and and people who have um, uh, their whole lives they've been they've been in put in certain positions and they always rise to the occasion and they're always seen as the hero. That would be classic. Correct. So there's different definitions. You can read about them, but they're, not, they're like two, three lines, but we wanted to make sure. I love this guy. He just wants to explain. Just read about it. You want to uh, we, more we just no, wanted just to make sure. But it, gives, it gives you some information. <laughs> it's, something to do. it's something to do. Yeah, that's right. So we made them box pressed because it's emblematic of a coffin. What the, the heroes placed in. We have it in black and silver. Black because of the color from morning uh silver we wanted to make the u.s flag because it matched with the black and then the name blanco is one of the stripes and then we colored the name blanco to represent all of the services police in blue fire and ems in red and gold represents all of the armed forces three symbols on the back and we did we put them on the back we put the maltese cross for the fire department the badge for the police and then the gold um, star with the circle around it represents all military services now what you probably didn't catch on there is that there's some writing. I did catch it, but I got really bad eyes. Okay, so behind all of that, on the basis of this band all the way across, is the oath of office that we all take to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, blah, 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 so help me God. Is it the whole one? It's the whole thing. No. Yes, sir. I put it all in the background. That's awesome. It's always in the background because that's what it is in the back of our minds. When we take the oath, That's what we're. this is what we remember, and that's what heroes do when they support and defend the Constitution. And give their life. So um, we also put this last thing I want to talk about, which you're getting out of the cellophane right now. I'm, tr- I'm trying to get it out. <laughs> is a conical. Have you seen the size of my pinky? I know. It's a, I know. <laughs> it's like, it's wait, true. Take a grab again with your pinky. Have you seen the size of my pinky? It's a conical band, uh, which is, as far as I could tell. Not ne- conical. Conical. Yes. Like conical. Yes. Cone, which has never been done before, as there far as know. I can tell, because I've done some research on this. That is emblematic of the flag. That is given to the family of the hero at his memorial or his uh, burial, uh, representing his service to his country, and is presented to the family. So we wanted to make these all torpedo for that reason, so we could present this cigar with the representation of the folded flag in honoring their service and their the giving of their life. Um, and we are going to be giving, and we're searching for some different and talking to some different uh, organizations right now. To donate a portion of the proceeds to survivors of uh, heroes, families, um, because I think that's uh, probably the right thing to do. So you I got know, a as question. far as giving back to those, and this was one way that I thought I could do it. And I used to do that with another brand I made called the American Legion cigar. Oh, you gave it to the Legion? Yeah, I gave all the proceeds to the Legion. Oh, really? Now, unfortunately, we could not continue with that cigar because there was a lefty side of that. Legion, or, Legion of organization mm-hmm. that is anti-smoking, of and course. they didn't want their name and in, or, in their organization. They're right. So we stopped making that cigar. Um, however, we used this. To people 
pray, you know, just pleaded with us, don't let go of that blend. We love that cigar. And when I told them I couldn't, we had to stop making, they're like, well, we love the blend. So I used that blend for this cigar. So this cigar. How long ago did you stop making that blend? Two blend? years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, two and a half years ago, something like that. I stopped selling it. So um, this is bringing back the American Legion. Those were only in three sizes, Robusto Toro and 6x60. So we changed the format. We box pressed them. We made them all torpedoes. And the other size that I have there, the Epic, I've done some more research. I don't know how many you're familiar with, but it's a 6x60 box press torpedo. How many of those do you see? I don't see many. I actually no. did some research to find them. I couldn't. We actually had to make the mold for that because yeah. even Placencia didn't have a 6x60 torpedo mold. Yeah, there's 6x60 torpedoes, but not box press. That's right. Mm -hmm. So we had to make the mold for that. So we tried to make this. Is this 6x60? The Epic. There should be four sizes you have there. Oh, he have has it. That, yeah, there you go. There you go. I was yeah, going to yeah, say, yeah. this one didn't feel like it. This no. one definitely is. It's yeah, a 5x54, yeah. 6x54, 7x54, and then there you got the 6x60. So, this, uh, so the other three lines are going to represent each of the other services that when we talked about. When do you about. plan releasing those? I'm going to try to do one next year. Now, uh, I, I know nowhere on the band is the line name. Is the band going to stay the same for all? They will be different colors. But stay the same, basically. Correct. Okay. So, the, so the fire band, the one for the fire department uh, line, which is going to be called Fire Eaters. Red. It'll be red. And then blue. Peacekeepers will be in blue. And then Gold will be the Warriors, which is right. the military, all the services. And we'll represent four different sizes. They will not be box pressed. They will not necessarily. Right. The cigar yeah. itself may change. And they're, and they're not going to be the same blend, obviously, and they're not going to be torpedoed. The torpedo was only because we the wanted flag. to do the flag on that one. So. For us, it has a lot of meaning, um, and I, and as I mentioned to you guys before, I've worn all those hats. I was in the fire yeah. department. Mm -hmm. I was in the police department as a, as a deputy sheriff. When I first I saw this post online, I made a stupid comment. I ended up deleting because I just didn't under, didn't really take the time to look at what it was going on. I didn't think mm -hmm. of it, but it, I, it looked like all the little cigars had little party hats. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're so happy. Look at their happy cigars, and then I re and then he explained what they're like, going oh. to a birthday party. They, he explained about the flag, and I'm like, oh, let me oh. let me delete that. <laughs> Gonna not get, get yeah. That yeah. So anyway, uh, we've got great reception now. I only intended on releasing this in the United States because it's obviously very patriotic, mm -hmm. right? Well, the minute I talked about it and we put any photos up on it, they scream for it in Europe. It's already in Holland. Well, we have it's already in Sweden. We have cigars all over the world. Well, I mean, and I realized that, and it wasn't about the cigar. What I what I ended up explaining to these guys, and we actually did events premiering these in Holland and Sweden, and Germany's next. So what I discussed with these is these guys, and I realized was, we all have these heroes in our lives. It doesn't matter that you're in the United States. You have police, fire, military, and EMS in Germany, in Holland, in Sweden. They give up their lives, too. The fact that it has the U.S. flag is because we're in the United States, and that's where I made this cigar, and that's what it was initially intended. But they all can appreciate, and they all can um, relate to knowing somebody that may have given their life in police, fire, EMS. So when I went to Sweden in particular, my, I was smoking it with a guy, and He's like, my buddy uh, My buddy was a police officer. He was killed. And he goes, I, I'm going to smoke this in remembrance wow. of him. And I was like, I get it. I get it. it. It may have a U.S. flag on it, but it doesn't mean U.S. It means the same thing to everybody, no matter what country you're from. So we're honored we can, uh, we can offer this cigar, and we want to make sure we get some funds to the, some people that uh, could deserve it. And we're looking for the right organizations to work with, with that, and that's the next step and the last step. They're offered right now only in five packs um, because we're getting them out there through different retailers. So, so they, maybe they, yourself, they 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 they're offered in five packs, cellophane or yes. in boxes, or? just like the CO cigars, or just cellophane, cellophane in five, five packs. packs. Uh -huh. The next the next iteration, our next production, 
is going to be available in boxes of 21. Why? 21 salute. 21 gun salute. That's right. Three rows of seven. Mm -hmm. So um, we wanted to get them out to people, and we didn't want to hesitate and hold on to them because we're figuring out the packaging and getting that done. We offer them in five packs. We get people interested in them, see if they like them, see which sizes go better. And then our next production level is we can we can gauge it correctly as to how many we should make of each different size. I love I love things that are steeped in meaning and tradition and custom, which the military is, mm-hmm. without a doubt, is. And um, I recently went to a um, a funeral of a veteran and you know, someone in the military, deep military, and actually they sent the military people out. And uh, it, was, it was kind of really crazy to watch the whole marching and then coming in the flag. And I'm curious because, you know, there was a 20, you know, we talk about the 21 gun salute, and they, they did bring people who shot in the air. Whatever. What constitutes what kind of number of gun salute you get? Is there anything that does it? Because, I mean, there wasn't 21 guys at this guy's funeral that did it. No, there's seven. Gun. And they each fired. There wasn't even seven. I think it was like two, maybe, or oh, three. Oh, really? Well, if it's three, then they I mean, fire it was, seven it was, times. It was a small company event. Maybe it was like mm-hmm. five people who came. You know, this was somewhere not not far from our shop. It was the father of one of the women who worked for me. Whatever the number of guys that are shooting, yeah, the sh- the actual number of shots fired equals twenty one. Yeah, so that's what it is. Yeah. So usually there's seven guys. Oh yeah, they did shoot multiple times, and they shoot three. Yes, they shot multiple Ready, times. Ready, aim, fire. Ready, aim, fire. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, aim, yeah, fire, yes. aim, fire. So, so it's just about the 21 shots, the, right. the the number, the formation of the people. That's correct. Got it. Now it makes sense. It could be one dude. He fires 21 shots. Yeah. Has that ever happened? You ever seen that? Uh, that one I've never seen. I've, yeah. I've seen three guys. That'd be a lot. Yeah. I've seen yeah. three guys, and they shoot seven times each. Yeah, I think that's what it was. It was three mm-hmm. people who shot. Because I remember, it was like, well, it's going on for a while. I don't remember thinking that. Yeah, but that's what it is. It's 21 shots. Yeah. That and taps. Those are the two things mm-hmm. that always happen. Learn something new every day. Yep. So it's uh, it's an honor, privilege, and... Uh, I try not to get too emotional when I think about it. But I, I can have, see it. Mm-hmm. I can I see you get a little uh, bit emotional. I have, I, I, I know people that have given their life. So those cigars mean a lot to me because I know those guys, and I'm, uh, I'm here for them, and I, I'm going to remember them. I wear a bracelet every day of my life remembering one of my buddies from Afghanistan. This gives me an opportunity to remember them in my art, and this is my art. Cigars are my art. I can't paint. I can't draw. I blend cigars. I know, I know you can't sing. So no, I definitely can't sing. <laughs> yeah, I know you can't. So sing. I blend, and uh, this is a way for me to remember those guys and. And share them with other people that want to do the same thing. So. Awesome. That's that was a really great that. project. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks, buddy. I hope everything goes, it gets extremely well received. And everybody really appreciates. So far, it's blown up. All the, you know, all the effort and what the actual meanings are. And yeah. it does not get overlooked. Didn't even talk that about price. Shame. They're like $7.99 to $9.99 or $9.59. Or totally. Nine, nine, yeah. yeah, 7 to 9 bucks. Yeah. yeah. So that's where we're at. Definitely in the sweet spot. Now, you, you're still a commissioned officer, yeah? I am. What, I am. What's the title? Uh, well, I, up until about, uh... I'm always fascinated with the titles, because mm-hmm. I, I get confused whose ranks who and ranks above. So I was a company commander up until about uh, a couple of weeks ago, and then I, I had my rated time as a, com- a couple of months ago, I should say. Is that like you get a promotion? Yeah. So I, I am now a, a staff officer um, in a, in a bata- I guess it's a battalion level uh, uh, element. Uh, I don't usually talk about too much detail what I do in the military, because sensitivity uh in in today's world that we live in <laughs> you have to be a little more sensitive but i uh, my last job was a company commander well and, congratulations uh, oh thank you brother thank you when, when they when when you get titles like that is there a comp- do you get like a raise is, is it's all based on rank and so yeah it's like a, a private sergeant sergeant right. first so all those ranks as the higher you get up in rank which means more responsibility right the more money you get paid and the bigger job you get and the more uh-huh. headache you have just like anything else so i mean <laughs> it, it, it is the plan to stay you know I mean, what, what, 
the plan is to stay as long as I can continue my job uh, with my company, and it doesn't, because I've had this. I, I told you, I had to close my company for yeah, two years. I know. Um, I will serve my country as long as they allow me to and as long as I am able to. That's awesome. Um, That's and, amazing. And mandatory retirement age is 60. So if I can, I got 12 more years if, if I'm allowed to do so, and I, I would like to do so. So, it's up so there's no one in the military after 60? What about these old generals that you see? None of them are older than 60? There there are some waivers at general officer level that they can be extended a few years past that, but that is it. Not anybody other than generals are getting extended past that. And it's only for a few years. But most of them are not beyond really? 60. No, that's hmm. it. 60. They just look older, I, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, there's a couple that can get there, like 62, 63, 68. I mean, you start going a little older than that. I mean, they can. the president can do whatever he wants, but right. generally that's... That's it. Doesn't happen. Yeah, we call it MRD, mandatory retirement date. Darn. So, yeah. My father retired at 60. Did he really? Yes, he did. Awesome, man. Thank yeah. him, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Awesome stuff. Thanks. All right. So, I know we're talking about the other cigars, and I know you were saying uh, before we even started that you're coming out with a new cigar for Brian Glenn. Yes, we're going to be doing another cigar obsession. Uh, we're not going to call it the fourth third, guys. You guys, you know, it's the first third, <laughs> the second third, funny, and the final third. The fourth third. Uh, it's going to be called the BG Reserve uh, for Brian Glenn. The BG Reserve. Go. It's going to be a Mexican San Andreas box-pressed, pigtailed, closed foot. All, oh, the, wow. all the bells and whistles. Now, now, is he included in the process? Yeah, of, he, of... he approves all of the blends. So I'll come up with something, and I'll be like, here, Brian, you got to smoke it and give me a thumbs up, or we're not doing it. And so far, I've never gotten a thumbs down from him yet. And, hey, shout-out to Brian and all his guys. He's having a herf at his place today. I know, man. And I saw the burgers he was making. Bro. You see them in the yeah. fridge? You know how many people are what like, is hey. that, bacon wrap, yeah, stuffed bacon wrap. burger yep. or something? Yeah, like beer I'm sorry, can burgers. what? Dude, I, 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 was, I was zooming in on the photo. I couldn't even see. I was like, where's there a burger in this pile of whatever is yep. on this plate? Well, he did those with me um, at one of my herfs a couple of years ago. We, we looked them at around the barbecue channel wherever these barbecue guys are in. Mm. It's called a beer can burger. What you do is you make a huge meatball, you take a beer can, and you smash it so it becomes conical. A cup. And then you fill it with all this crap, and then you wrap or bacon around it. And then you fry, and they put cheese on it. So, yeah, I know those taste like. Brian is a great uh, barbecue master. and um, So you can't flip it when you're cooking it? No, 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 no. No, no it's never right. flipped. So everybody was like, Dave, you're coming, right? Because I go to a ball brine's I'm, I'm, I'm not there. I'm going to do that this Sunday. You, just you mean tomorrow? Me. Yeah. So tomorrow. make sure you give me your address. I'll be. Are right. you here? I told you I'm going to be in Miami. Yeah. I don't listen, dude. I, I'm a terrible <laughs> listener. So <laughs> people talk all day. I just, no. If I, if I about it. My son's got soccer. Talking to me. Forget my about son's it. got soccer on Sundays. If we gets rained out, which I'm thinking he will, I just may go do that. Yeah, I I, I know like, how to make them. The, Listen, I, I can make them, bro. You I'm also gonna create have, my own version of it. You have, you have to make something in the I'm meat, not going to create the recreate the Brian Glenn version. I'm no, going to make the honest course. Abe version. Okay, I got you. So, yeah. Colin so I'll a, shout out the guys going to his uh, yeah. herf. I wish I could be there. Just can't make it. Oh, and I got to give one more shout out because I said I would. At your event that I did two days ago at the West Palm Beach store, I ran into the guy that you almost got into a fight with. You thought you were going to get into a fight with. <laughs> And he was like, you, you, I'm the guy from, I'm like, oh, I read that on Facebook and stuff. He's like, yeah, man. So He came to pick up the care package. I left him a swag pack. Yes, he did. I left him a, and he bought well, a Blanco cigar, and he was telling me who he was. I was like, I will give you a shout-out that we said hello and that you love Blanco cigars. Well, because when, when I ran into him, and for those of you who didn't catch this a couple weeks ago, basically, I was driving down to the West Palm store, and this guy's, like, hunting me down, chasing me down his car. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> so he said, screw this. I mean, and he has a big truck, dualies and everything. I said, let this guy pass me, man. And, you know, I move over. 
car rams up next to me, and then he slows down. I was like, oh, he's not passing me. I must have done something to piss this guy off. He starts rolling down the window, and he's shouting at me. That's when you grabbed your gun. I'm like, seriously? (laughs) I rolled down the window to hear what he's saying, and he's like, dude, I love your show. I listen every week. So we ended up laughing about it. We both He was actually heading to one of the shops I was going to. And we started talking. I'm like, dude, I thought I was going to have to fight in the middle of Palm Beach Lakes Boulevard with you. I didn't know what was going on. He goes, I'm sorry, bro. I was just excited when I saw you. And I said, listen. Great guy, by the way. Nice guy, really? Carlos. He hands me his card. He says, That's right, Carlos. Nitrogen Sushi Bar and Grill That's right. Jupiter. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to be up in Jupiter in the morning Monday. I said, I'll stop by for lunch. He says, yeah, stop by for lunch. There you go. I go Google the address and look it up Monday morning. They're not open for lunch. Uh, I'm like, Carlos. <laughs> yeah, why did you let me go? I was so excited. I wasn't listening. I didn't hear lunch. You see what you do to people? So I left. You them, see, Abe? I left in the swag pack in West Palm yeah. Beach. I said, listen, I'm just going to leave it in West Palm next time you're there. Pick it mm-hmm. up. And you caught him. And that was that was when I had the event up there. Yeah, and super nice guy. He really is. So, Carlos, you're, you're an outstanding guy. And I hear your sushi place is awesome. I can't wait to try it. Nice it sounds aw- yeah, it sounds awesome. So, I, I'm a man of my word, bro. Going back to this project you're doing with Brian Glenn, Colin wants to know. Yes. It, would you call this a collaboration? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I almost spit up my coffee. Technically, that was not the time if Brian is, we had a whole debate place. with Eric Espinosa oh, for like really? thirty minutes on yeah. what constitutes a. Re- I feel the word collaboration is now the most abused term in our industry. Yeah, without probably doubt. without a doubt. Yeah. It's, just, it's just being hoard. It's become now the slut word of our. You know, basically, yeah, it's yeah. a good marketing tool. Yeah, it's a collaboration. <laughs> So what's let me so let me get this straight. You bought tobacco from a guy that you normally buy from, and now it's a collaboration. It's called buying tobacco. I, well, I couldn't get the tobacco. I had to buy, well, that's called the, it's called buying tobacco. It's not collaboration. Yeah. So. so Brian has no monetary involvement in cigar Never sessions. Does. Cigars. That's always, Never. That's always Zero. his stance. He, ha- Never yeah, does. he doesn't want to jeopardize his his integrity with regard to his reviewing. Yeah. Um, however, the collaborative effort begins and ends at Brian. I'm not going to put cigar obsession on this cigar. Unless you approve this blend and you're happy with it because it it's it's, co- it's mm-hmm. a co-marketed brand, so if you like it, we'll do it, and that's that's why I consider it a collaboration in that format. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though, business wise, it's not a collaboration, and nor is he blending it or making it or importing it or has anything to do with the business side of it. Brian will be the first one to tell you he's a professional consumer and reviewer. You mm-hmm. know, he he's not, doesn't want to get in the retail wholesale business, doesn't want to get any business at all. But he's good business, at what he does. Yeah. Yeah, I've always said one of the top guys, one of the top two, three guys in this industry, hands down. A- absolutely, hands absolutely. Down. So that's that's how that works with Brian, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm happy to. When's this going to be released? Uh, I'm trying for January, February. I want to get it out for the spring. Now, when this is released, how will it be sold to consumers? Uh, it's going to be sold through retailers so you're and website. Reta- you're going to put it through mm-hmm. retailers. Yeah, it's, everything's going to be available to retailers and uh, web guys as well. Okay. So I mean, we we tr- we price protect our stuff, so we don't you know. Do super discount, all that kind of stuff. On, or it's not like we're going to hoard out online. So we're still. And, and when did the original CO? At least three, four years ago now. Okay. Yeah, it's been I think four years. It could be wrong, but it's around four years. Jesus, I can't believe it. And time does. It's super fly wow. time. Wow. I get it. It's crazy. What can we say? All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back. We will finish up with Brian. Uh, Wrangling. Brian's cooking. Brian's here. He's flipping. He's flipping burgers. He's flipping burgers. He's busy flipping burgers with David Blanco, Blanco Cigars. Keep it lit. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. Hi, this is Nish Patel from Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. I want to introduce you guys out to our Old World Reserve Corojo made in a Honduran facility. What a beautiful medium-bodied cigar. 
When you light it up, it's got a gorgeous white ash and you get that sweetness from that delicious Corojo wrapper, a little bit of spice and a lot of nuttiness. Go to your local brick and mortar, check out the Old World Reserve Corojo. You will not be disappointed. Again, what a delicious cigar. When Dominican passion, artistry, and skill combine with 114 years of family legacy, you don't just have a cigar, you have the cigar. Whether you love the mild, flavorful La Aurora 1987 Connecticut, the spicy 1962 Corojo, the always smooth, sweet La Aurora 1903 Cameroon, or the all-new powerhouse 1985 Maduro, you aren't just enjoying a part of history, you are lighting your own legacy. Flavor, value, family. Be a part of something. Look to the lion. La Aurora Cigars. We are Dominican defined. Hello, this is Glenn Case, owner of Christoph Cigars. Smoking a cigar is all part of the experience. For me, there's nothing better than gathering with friends after an amazing steak dinner and smoking my GC Signature Series paired with a fine glass of scotch. Good conversation and a few laughs is always better when smoking Christoph. Start enriching your downtime. Go to Christoph.com and click on the Discover Your Christoph tab to find the Christoph cigars that are right for you. Upgrade your downtime with Christoph. Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust and its master ligador, Steve Saka, is crafting the very finest cigars available today. One such brand is his Micarita, a robust, extremely flavorful liga, compromised of rich Nicaraguan leaf hand-rolled in a 100% naturally fermented, heavily broadleaf capa. Earthy and dense, with a long-lasting, slightly dirty finish, Micarita is delightfully lush and full-bodied on the palate offering an extremely satisfying experience for the most passionate of cigar smokers. Ask your tobacconist for Micarita today. With over 20 years in the cigar industry, Eric Espinoza has done it all. He began in retail, became a sales manager, developed and owns his own brands, and today is internationally known as a manufacturer of top-quality premium cigars. Nothing gives Eric more pleasure than to be able to make his own cigars for consumers worldwide to enjoy. Experienced cigars made in the Espinosa way. La Ranja Reserva, Murcielago, 601, and Espinosa Habano in Connecticut. For more information, visit EspinosaCigars.com. On a remote island in the center of Nicaragua's largest freshwater lake is a small valley that rests between two active volcanoes. This is the island of Umitepe, and it produces some of the rarest and most flavorful tobaccos in the world. Rafael Nadal, creator of the brand Aging Room, has issued Umitepe Tobacco to create his newest masterpiece, the Aging Room Bin Number 2. Why not experience one of the most complex and elegant flavored journeys available and pick up a Bin Number 2 today? Surgeon General Warning, cigar smoking can cause cancer of the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. Awarded the 2014 Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year with numerous 90-plus ratings, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Cigar celebrates Tabacalera Perdomo's 20 years as one of Nicaragua's largest premium cigar manufacturers. Using only the highest priming tobacco exclusively by the Perdomo family, the 20th Anniversary Cigar has a tremendous profile with layer upon layer of rich, elegant, complex flavors. Visit your nearest authorized tobacconist today and experience the masterful blend of these Nicaraguan puros. Now available in extremely limited edition pyramid size in Sun Grown Armaduro. Great and fun times are always made better with great food. Come experience a new menu by Rum Shack at the world-famous Spearmint Rhino in West Palm Beach. Featuring exciting new and delicious offerings. Experience their one-pound New York Strip Steak Special for just under $15 daily until 10 p.m. Enjoy a fine lunch without breaking your wallet every Tuesday and Saturday from their $7 lunch menu. No matter the time or day, the kitchen is open till close at Spearmint Rhino, West Palm Beach.
Welcome back. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. Welcome back to KMA Talk Radio, broadcasting live. I am Adam Peter, the Brewmeister. With me, of course, Mr. Honest Dave. Uh, it's been a fast show. Oh, yeah. We're already uh, one last last segment. Yes, we are. Damn. Where's Coop this week? Uh, he couldn't make it. What's up? Is he all right? I think. I don't know. Paul didn't tell me. He uh, just told me that he wasn't un- unavailable. Coop. Maybe he's at Brian Glenn's Herf. That's wow. <laughs> <laughs> he could be. He it could wouldn't be. shock me. It wouldn't shock me either. He's everywhere. Mm-hmm. William Cooper's like savoir faire. <laughs> He's everywhere. You, you don't know that nope. reference? You didn't get Look, that I got him. Yep. I stumped him. You got him. I stumped the brewmeister with savoir faire. He's got everywhere. Got a soundbite for that? Colin, I know Colin's looking already. I can tell. You got no. it? What? No. You, don't no. Even, you don't even know the reference, do you? You keep using that word. No, you don't know the reference, do you? No. It's a cartoon. You only you and I Sapo got it. Savoir faire is everywhere. You got to say it with a French accent. Yeah, right? that's why the French is my accent gets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's about as French as my accent gets. It was a cartoon. It's the a famous cartoon. French accent. Um, like cartoon show or? It was, uh, he was a character in which series, Savoir faire? He was a character. He was like a villain. Or, yeah. Or maybe yeah. he was a good guy, but no matter what, he would be in somewhere to save someone. What was it's like, how'd on? you get here? Savoir faire is everywhere. Yeah, what was that? I don't know. Google it, Colin. Find out for us. Savoir faire. Was it Bugs Bunny? No, it wasn't. There. No, no. It wasn't one of those. It was either like um, somebody in our group's got to know. They're going to post it. Hey, well, I'm sure. But the comments never show up like in real time in our Facebook. I don't know why. So for those of you guys that want to know more about Blanco cigars, I got to just put this out there real oh, quick. We're not going to talk about stuff. We're going to talk back about cigars. I think we're on a good no, topic. No, you can do Savoir Fair. I'm just kidding. It's go real ahead. quick, David. <laughs> while you're looking it up, no, go ahead. Talk uh, about the tours. We can talk about the tours too. Uh, if you want to follow Dave Blanco or Underdog, thank what you. Oh, it was Underdog. Thank you, Bob. I knew one of the guys. Yeah. Underdog. He was the villain in Underdog. Oh, he's like okay. who's Underdog? No. Um, <laughs> I am familiar with the Under- they, they, That's right. Was Underdog, right? They made a real-time movie was it with that a couple of years the ago. Banana Splits. Oh question. man, dude! Na 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 na. That's right. Na 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 na. I used to love the banana one. That banana, was lunchtime, two, man. Banana, three banana, four. <laughs> yeah. Man, we're going <laughs> back. Yeah, I was a kid. That's we're talking forty-five years ago. Half my audience has got to be like, "What the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> is this dessert or what?" Banana splits. Holy yep. cow. Uh, Blanco Cigars. Uh, David Blanco 007. That's Instagram. If you want to follow me on Facebook, don't follow or try to friend me because my personal profile <laughs> is maxed out with like hundreds of people waiting. I have a public profile, though. David Blanco. Look under mm-hmm. pages. David Let me ask Blanco. you a question because I tried to create And then myself. there's Blanco Cigar Fans. That's the other one. I tried to create a public, maybe, I tried to create a public profile myself because, you know, I, I got it's a page. It's right, a page. I got thousand requests. I yeah. never go through them all. And it's just no, it's terrible. Horrible. But I did actually create one, and then I canceled it right away because I couldn't get into the groups. Like I couldn't post in CO fans. I, they, they won't accept the public. There's some that you can post as somebody else. Like yeah, they, I couldn't a figure out how to make it work because yeah. once I made, I wanted to get in the the, the group fans I was in, like mm-hmm. CO fans. And I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, invite me. I was like, I don't see it. That's nah, personal. You can't do it. It's got to be a personal person. So that's why I opted not to do it. I just gave it up. Well, it's a way to communicate with people that that they can follow you, but 
you can only max out at five thousand in the personal profile. So how do I, I bridge that gap? And if I accepted everybody, I'd be past it. So I don't. <laughs> and and, and it, honestly, I just don't have time to scroll through the eight, you know whatever. Yeah, that's why I do. Uh, so we have Blanco Cigar fans page. But then I wouldn't be able to be involved in like CO groups with that page. Well, that's I'm the problem. I'm, a, I'm avail I'm, I'm I make so my you, face you, myself you available have, with my personal you profile. You have two accounts. I have three. Blanco cigar yeah, fans. That's just too much work. Do you have four phones to make sure you get all of it? <laughs> no, I can do it all in one. I got the iPhone, so I'm good. There's lots of references to last week's show. Oh, again, episode. I missed it. Was oh, it Eric? It was Eric? No, it was Lars. Oh, oh, jeez, oh, I missed it last. Week. <laughs> wow, Lars, talk about blast from the past. Honestly, interesting guy. I hope he's doing well. Uh, you know what? I don't think he's 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 Lars is Lars. The dude's on his own path. I know. You know? He's always been on his own path. And, I've and, known him for a long time. And uh, not well, but I've known him. He's just one of those surreal characters. Did you know him when he was with Musashi? I I didn't know him. Listen to me. I, when I got in the business, because you're talking about when we got in there, yeah. the boom, whatever, right? Yeah. He was like in the he, background. Not in the background, but he was like one of the hottest brands I used to sell when I started yeah, yeah. servicing Chicago. Do you remember, because I keep forgetting, we never talked about you, we, Bob Ash Cigars? Yeah, of course. Okay, well, that's how I got in the cigar business back then. With Bob Ash? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he was a wholesaler. But yeah, he was working with the guy from Cigar... Before that, before Mitch. Yeah, but he, he didn't they have the wholesale together? At some point, it yeah. merged, but yeah. Bob was running his own show for a while. Is he still in Skokie? Well, now he's a retailer. Yeah, he's got Skokie. a place called The Cigarette, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, in Skokie. But when he was out in Wilmette, he, mm-hmm. he had a, a place called uh, Bob Ash Cigars. And mm-hmm. that's who sold. I mean, I didn't even have a tobacco license, you know, back then. I'd walk in with cash. He'd buy, I need to buy some cigars. And, and, and <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, he's always there. But when Lars Teton came in, as many as I could get, gold. Yeah. Gone. Everybody was smoking them. It was insane. And then he just fell off the face of the map, whatever. And I'd never met this guy. So to sit. <laughs> This so you, this years, is the first time? To sit 30 oh years God, later, bro. right? Yeah. Whatever yeah. it is, yeah. 20 some years mm-hmm. later, and to finally sit with a guy who has to sell tons of his product when I just got in the business, had no clue what was going on. All I know is this, this aromatic cigar that has flavor and a. I noticed a scent. you said aromatic. You can't say infused. I, listen, <laughs> I've, I've, I've always called his cigars aromatic because that's yeah. how I felt they were. They're, sure. they're aromatic cigars. And um, I, I did that back 20-some years ago when I was selling the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. And to sit 20-some years later and actually meet this guy face-to-face, when I was, it was a little weird. It, it would have been surreal. better to meet him at least once then and then now to yeah. see the change. Mm-hmm. But I was nobody then, man. Yeah. I was a 20-year-old kid, like, you know, illegally buying cigars from a wholesaler yeah. and putting them anywhere <laughs> I could put them, you know? <laughs> I mean, literally, man, it's like, like I didn't get an invoice, no tax, no cash, no, no, oh, well, no, no license, no that's, nothing. That's Bob for you. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> but Bob who? Yeah. <laughs> Ten bucks if you want to sit in my lounge and smoke a cigar. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's beyond, it's, it's, it's way past the terms of uh, limitations. Yeah. <laughs> the statute of limitations. Bob Ash, wow. Yeah. His son, I think, is running the shop now most of the time. Bob's. <laughs> is he still involved? Uh, listen, you talk I, to him? I, 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 when I went to Chicago, I'll go yeah. there. Mm-hmm. But we were very close, and mm-hmm. I into, But yeah, every now and then, we'll, once a year, Aaron's his son. Aaron's his son. Yeah. Once a year, we'll touch base. And Aaron and I have a great story. It's called the Taco Story. If you ever see Aaron Ash go? He wants to know if you want a taco. Oh, I'll definitely tell him. Oh, I might go see him. We were out drinking go at this blues bar one night, and it was out late, and there was a guy just so drunk, and and me and him are like, dude, we can't let this guy drive home. And the bar <laughs> didn't want to do nothing about it. I mean, so I said, what do you want to do? Because I don't know. So I'm going to start a fight with the guy. So. As you lured him with a taco. <laughs> Burrito Palace. Listen to me, this is a true story. As, 
as we're leaving, it was some blues bar. As we're leaving, this guy is like literally trying to unlock the car, and his oh, head no. keeps oh. his head keeps bouncing against the car door because he can't stand up straight. Oh no! And, oh, wow. and I'm like, dude, there's no. If this guy wrecks, and I read about it the next day, I'm gonna feel terrible. So we went up to him. I was like, dude, you can't drive. I just like, all right. and it's, come on, just hop in the car, man. We'll take you home. We just just whatever, you know. We'll take you home. So. <laughs> We get him in the car, and all he starts screaming about is, "We gotta go to Taco Bell. I need a taco. Come on, give me a taco. We gotta get a taco." And you, you know, you, you know, Aaron. Yeah, I do. yeah, yeah. His name's like, "I got your fucking taco, but you should have fucked up. I'm driving you home." So I mean, this is a true story. I mean, it's gonna be like four thirty-five in the morning, and it wasn't a far drive. But this guy won't shut up about this taco. Oh, way. And we finally get him to his house, and we don't know what to do. I'm like, you ring the doorbell. I'm not ringing the doorbell. You ring the doorbell. Well, why don't we just? Bring the doorbell and like leave yeah, it. Mm. Yeah, because he'll drop on the floor. <laughs> this guy can't stand up. He's literally on my shoulder and his shoulder, and we're arguing who's going to ring the doorbell because I don't want to deal with this guy's wife. As we're debating with this, the lights come on. That's it. You oh yeah, it door swings open. Literally like the movies. Woman's heads in rollers. She's got a rolling pin in her hand. Who the fuck are you? What are you doing with my fucking husband? So she, you know, she's looking at us thinking like we're the culprits. We're, we're robbing them. Yeah, we're the culprits that have been like having them out all night drinking. And we're like, lady, we're just bringing them home. Bring them from where? Who is it? We, we literally dropped, dropped them. We, in we them dropped them. We dropped them. We went to the car and took off. Sack of potatoes. Boom. How oh. did you figure out where the guy lived? He, he, he took his wallet. He took his wallet. Yeah, yeah. 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 He opened his so wallet. So you did rob him. Did you leave him with his shoes at least? <laughs> the funny story. The funny story is after all that shit, we ended up going to Taco Bell anyway. To get a taco. <laughs> The guy story. just kept saying it so much you had to. Oh, oh yeah. God. Learned early in life, man. No good deed goes unpunished. Oh, God. This woman was ready to crack our heads open. because How old was she? You know you know what's funny is when I look back on that, everything is warped, right? Yeah. Because when you think of your, a guy at 40 or 50 years old, like, oh, he's an old, old guy. as hell, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, wait a second, I'm 40, I'm not old at all, you know? <laughs> so it's warped, but like, I was, at that time, I'm going to guess I moved here when I was 26. So I got to be like 24-ish. You know, 24, mm -hmm. right when I was starting getting into cigars, so I was 24-ish, so that guy probably was like mid-30s. Wow, you know, mid thirties. He wasn't that old, old, but he was yeah. obliterated. But literally, like, I mean, we Saved knew his life. We knew mm -hmm. if he got in that car. We knew if he got in that car, that dude was. Even if no one was on the road, he'd wrap that car around. You something. know what we call you that day? An unwilling. Hero. Yes, we were very. <laughs> we were very. <laughs> but unwilling. you survived <laughs> barely. We're on a mission. But from you survived. God. <laughs> we were very unwilling. We're on a mission from God. I love that reference. Anybody? Big Blues Brothers. All right, thank you. But yeah, but, but yeah, seriously, twenty some years later, and that's like the first thing Aaron and I see when we see each other. You want a fucking taco? Fuck you and your taco. It's like the first thing we see. I will say that to him. I'm no. telling you, I will it. say that. Don't even mention my name. He'll know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, hey, Aaron, I was thinking about getting some tacos. You want to get some tacos? No, no, you can't say that. You want a fucking taco? Oh, I gotta say that. Okay. Hey, you want a fucking taco? It, it, it might take him like five seconds, and he'll start cracking up knowing exactly what you're talking about. That's funny. Listen, if you guys want to learn more about Blanco Cigars, not only follow me on um, social media, we also do tours to the factory. Just talk about the tours. We're telling you during a break. Mm -hmm. uh, now, you know, I get here this all the time, but I'm going to give you a moment now to, to tell your side. Your mm -hmm. tours are like no every because everybody's going tours. Yeah, yours is like nobody else. You're, you're, the, you're, you're the David, as you claim, Bourdain of cigar tours. Yes, but I'm not going to kill myself. So, you know, thank you. Yes. Ooh. So, explain to us. Uh, Too soon. So, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Too soon. Well, it was weird because I used to call myself the Anthony Bourdain of cigar tours. Then he oh, killed actually, him. David Bourdain. I called yeah. him. Yeah, I <clears> then he killed. That. Then he killed himself, and I was kind of like, Oops. "Oh, can I even say? Should yeah, I say I'm the Anthony Bourdain of cigar tours anymore?" Know. I don't know. But what I what I mean by that is, I'm a foodie. I'm from Chicago, so we're foodies. All mm -hmm. of us. we're all foodies. That's right. Chicago. 
It, and so it's ingrained from birth. I yeah. love to travel. I love culture. I love uh, exploring and travel the planet. So I set up my cigar tour like that. <clears throat> it's usually a five day tour for U.S. people, for U.S. Uh, but we have seven day tours for Europeans because of the extra travel time. Our tour, we land obviously in Managua. We go to Granada. We spend the night in Granada. We do boat tours and we eat on Pirate Island and we stay there the night in a boutique hotel and we party. It's only us. Rent the whole hotel. It's ten of us. We don't do more than ten. Then we go to Esteli. The next day, we do everything cigar from seed to soil. Obviously, the farms. We do a blending session, a rolling session. Uh, we do a rum pairing evening. We do all kinds of stuff. And we have a boutique hotel there in the middle of town. And we eat on the market, which means we go to restaurants. Or we go to clubs. We go to casinos. We we do what the tour wants. It's 10 people. We usually take a vote and say, hey, what do you guys feel like doing? You want to go on the roof and uh, smoke cigars and drink rum? Or do you want to go to the casino? Or do you want to go to the club? Or do you want to go to the bar? Want to walk around and see the town? Is there cigar stuff anywhere incorporated in the tour? Yeah. Okay, because you seem like you do a lot in of the fun evening. stuff. That's uh, in the evening. Okay. So during yeah. the day, we're doing all the tour stuff at the factory and the farm, but in the evening, what do we do? So you're not going to drag me out to a tobacco field in the middle of nowhere like five times in a week? No, once. Okay. You see that? You see the greenhouses? You see the farms? It's Holy done. Cow. It's done. No, no, let me go show I you never this repeat. Farm. I never repeat. Oh, no, no, let me go show you this uh, section. Right. I never repeat. Wow, look, they're green leaves. They look like the other green leaves we're looking <laughs> at. Excellent. And then we do a blending session. We teach people about blending, retrohaling. We teach people about that, which a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people don't do it. I know. First off, you, you, nobody knows learns how. Some people do. Some people don't like it. Some, some people pe- don't know how. Some people don't know how. Mm. You'd be amazed. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I If you ever want to learn how I to retrohale. I love me a good retrohale. Go to YouTube. I did a YouTube video about a few years ago. I don't even know how many. I have over 70,000 views on how to retrohale a cigar. Really? That's how I realized. 73,000. That's why I realized people really don't know. And you ever go to a wine tasting, they teach you how to open the bottle. Sure. Well, they teach me through nose. Aroma, yeah. they teach, but nope, nobody teaches we're going you. To, we're going to Napa. There you First go. First time, actually. There you, my, wife, my wife and I always wanted to go, and you know, it's been rough, and kids all got new school, so we've been really worn down. You guys are going to have a great time. Yeah, we're going to go next month. Our first time ever there. <laughs> Good. And um, I, I don't want to put his name out there, but I want to thank him a lot. But I want to put his name out there because I don't want him getting abused by everybody else. Oh, but do it. No, I don't want to. No, no. <laughs> no. He hooked me up. We, we got, we got, I got a table at French Laundry, oh. which has always been my bucket list um, cause, because uh, Thomas Keller's brother was actually a customer of ours. Ah. He was a nice autographed book. I've known about the restaurant for decade plus. And we, we, my wife and I said, we always go there. Making your wife happy. That's good. Yeah, we got to try to go there. And like, that place is like four months, five months sold out. You can't wow. get a table in there. And somebody hooked me up, and we got, we got a dinner reservation for two. Yeah, I don't want everybody bombarding him. You know, you know what? People you know. might, and it might he might get abused. Yeah, but, he would definitely get abused. Oh, yeah. So when you go out there, you're going to go through all the wine stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to realize they're going to teach you totally how to it teach you how to pour the wine. Yeah. Get the bouquet, the aroma. When was the last time anybody gave a class on how to smoke a cigar? They teach you how to cut it and light it. That's yeah, it. there's a couple guys in the industry who've done a good job of, of touring and actually spending that time. I can name a couple people off the top of my head, but, okay. but, but very few. Yeah. I can count it on my one hand. So we do all that at the factory part. And then after that, we go to Leon, which is the former capital uh, when the Spaniards owned that country. And we tour that place. And then sometimes we do some cool stuff like there's volcano surfing or horseback riding or stuff like that. But we don't stay in Leon because it's about 15 minutes from the Pacific Ocean. I have another buddy who has a boutique hotel there. And we rent that hotel and we spend two, three days at the beach, depending on how much time we have. And we do. What do you do at the beach for two or three days? Smoke, drink, bonfire, okay, eat works. seafood, relax. It's a vacation, and that's yeah. the difference. It's not just now, do they cigar, cigar, it, cigar, do cigar. They cigar. Book it through you. Yeah. Well, they they call me. They are in. If they're in, 
they go ahead and give me their name, information. We talk about everything that needs to happen. We, we, we have a set date. And then once they book it with us, we handle everything on the ground over there. They just have to get their airfare. That's all. That's it. Mm-hmm. We take care. <clears throat> There's a cost for the tour, which they get through us. Just curious. What's the cost? On the five day, which is the U.S. one, I think it's like 800 bucks. So That's everything. I get it. Ground transportation, hotels, food, drinks, beverage, blah, 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 cigars. Five days, which covers your yep. end of getting everything done. <clears> I think it's 750 or 800 bucks. Oh, okay. And they buy their own uh, airfare. airfare. That's yeah. reasonable. Yeah, the seven days, 1000 bucks. It's super reasonable. Yeah, I don't make. It's not to, for me to make money on this. Tour. I know what you're doing. You it's to build the brand. Absolutely, yeah, build the brand, provide them the experience, and I'm your tour guide. The other thing we do in this, which is unheard of, Abe, unheard of, is that I do a mystery tour while I'm in Esteli, and I take them to somebody else's factory, and it's always somebody else's. Oh, that's pretty factory. cool. Mm-hmm. So one time we did uh, AJ Fernandez. That's uh, pretty cool. And, and we, my buddy. Yeah, we go somewhere <laughs> just to say hello and my give them a, a perspective to see somebody how somebody else does it. But when you go to Placencia, you see all kinds of brands. It's not just Blanco cigars. You see everybody's stuff over there. Placencia makes 300 brands, give or take, between all the four factories yeah, they have. Absolutely. So it's not just about Blanco. It's about cigars. It's about the love of the industry. And where can they learn? Is it on your website where they can learn about these tours? Yeah, you can go to BlancoCigars.com and uh, learn more about the uh, tour. Although on that tour, I think we have information about Honduras as well, because we used to do Nicaragua and Honduras together. And I cut that out so we could go to the beach and do some more vacation stuff. And what time uh, a year is these tours? We do usually do it January, February, and March. Oh, there you go. That's mm-hmm. now you know. We have two in February right now. I think we have two seats available. And, I also, and now you know. I also I need to make this correction as long as we're doing it now. You know before I forget because I've read this a while ago and and you know I hate having misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. But our one of our top fans, Bob, looked it up and he you know it wasn't underdog. Oh, what was it? Savoir Fair. Ready? This is going to really make you feel old now. Savoir Fair was the villain mouse from Klondike, the cat. Klondike oh, cat. Do you remember Klondike, the, yeah. the Mountie Klondike cat? Yes. I think it was. Yes. That was with Bullwinkle, and uh, they, they used to have it the play. The Klondike cat was you mean, they back to back. Yeah, back yeah, to yeah. back. They used to play it next to Klondike. That's a little bit more obscure. I remember yeah. Klondike cat, but I don't even remember what he looked like. But I remember the show. What was the Klondike other one? The cat. There was a secret. Secret, secret squirrel. squirrel. Yeah. yeah, but that was a Saturday. <laughs> that was a different genre. Was Secret Squirrel Saturday? There was Saturday morning cartoons. And Morocco Mole. School. Morocco Mole. After mm-hmm. school cartoons. Yeah. You know, Rocky Bullwinkle was a Saturday morning cartoon. You know, the after school cartoons were like the Thundercats and the. Actually, I remember watching Rocky Bullwinkle and Underdog right after the Banana Splits every day when I was a kid at noon. Yeah, Banana Splits was an afternoon one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh man, Sagwa Fair. Sagwa Fair. There we go. So you know, uh, I keep trying to get into this. So, what is volcano surfing? Look it up on YouTube, but. I put it, it on YouTube. It's because you get to see it. I can tell you all about it, but you mm. basically get on a toboggan and they put you in a suit and mm. you slide down rocks, volcanic rocks. It's like skiing on rocks. Is this a specially designed toboggan? Yes, for rocks. Right. Yeah. But take a look at it. You can see videos. People Is it are doing rough? It yeah, it's rocks. It's a volcano. So, rocks. so if you go off, you're getting cut up. Yeah. You, you, no, no, because they put you in that suit. They put there, you in this there's suit. There's no suit my size, bro. Uh, well, I don't know. There, there's no suit do, my size. Possibly not. You may be right. I don't know. There may be, though. You never know. I don't. My question is, is there you, a toboggan your size? Yes. <laughs> well, those We're going to put two and two. Listen, those we can just use one, one for each cheek. One, yeah, one for each cheek. We're good to go. That's doable. It's like those wooden life rafts. We'll just rope two together, you know? Now, everybody go look at YouTube, and then you get a visual of that, and that'll be hilarious. <laughs> That's fine. But we keep notice. Maybe you could sew two together for me. Yeah, man. Maybe. You know? Maybe. It's the curse of being a big dude. Yeah. I, I haven't been able to ride a music part ride since I was, like, 16. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I was pretty good until the chest, the chest 
Uh, yeah, the chest when the arms. chest things start getting infected, because so no, yeah, I remember man. So no roller coasters for you? Not in a long man. time. I can go like on like the roller coasters that just still have the drop bars, mm-hmm. you know. But anything, do they let you on the Ferris wheel in Vegas? Yeah, <laughs> asshole, <laughs> <laughs> asshole. <laughs> but I've always had a big chest and shoulders, so when they invented those drop bars, they got to get that fourth click. Yeah, that's it. Never made that fourth <laughs> click, man. I mean, I think that the first year it came out, whatever, they, they pushed real hard. Come on, come on. They got one guy on each side. Hey, oh, we got it. All right, spin him. He's good. Oh, man. Send him out. Oh, but yeah, it was like geez. one year after they came out, that wasn't going to the fourth click. Yeah, it was done. So. All right. With that, David, thank you for very much for being here as our special awesome guest show, today. Awesome it. show, Thanks, man. It's a pleasure as always. Show. Thank you for having me so much. You yeah, talked way too much, man. You, Raul, you, you, Raul, you, you are too you much of a chatterbox. Shut the fuck up the whole show. It's really annoying. I just want to Sorry about that. And with that, let's see this week who belongs in a cigar insane asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. This week, who belongs in a cigar insane asylum brought to you by CLE and Asylum Cigars. I I have to say I'm going to go in this this cigar insane asylum, but Mm -hmm. we never talked about it in the beginning, which we really should, but this recluse caption contest mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a very interesting it, that's photo pretty good. this week aren't holy you holy cow it's a uh, there's a gourd joke in there somewhere <laughs> there's a gourd joke in there yeah it, it's definitely a gourd joke there's is in a there. few jokes in there's there a few somewhere. jokes in there but Did somebody take this for the contest no oh, i don't okay. know they just found it somewhere they found it yeah somewhere. paul probably just found it somewhere but oh that's interesting Yes, if you don't know what we're talking about, make sure you head over to the KMA Talk Radio Facebook yes. page, post your best caption in the Recluse <clears throat> Caption Contest. All right, so brought to you by the fine folks at CLE and Simon Cigars. This week's inductee takes the human-pet relationship to new heights. I don't know if I want you to continue reading. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do. I, I really don't know if I really want to continue reading. Uh, Pia Oldin, 18, lost her horse drifting speed. In tw- What's horse drifting speed? That's the name of the horse. Oh, got it. Capitalized. Yeah. I should have figured it out. That was a verb. Mm-hmm. Pia, let's try some more time. Pia Olden, 18, lost her horse, drifting speed, in 2018 when it was put down to due to illness. In a now-deleted Facebook post, the keen rider and the apprentice chef revealed her family kept fillets of drifting speed in the freezer. Oh, if I'm going to eat horse meat, it's going to be my own. Wow. Vivacious. Pia described how she prepared the dish. This was a real post. Yeah. Uploading a photo of the meat mixed together with chili and mango, adding, it's not better for the meat to be buried and then eaten by worms. The teen whose family are farmers in Norway... It's not a Florida person, thank God. Nope, nope, definitely not, thankfully. Received a huge backlash and even death threats after the post was widely shared on social media. It seems somewhat practical, but then again, would you eat your pet? Congratulations, you are without a doubt this week's inductee of the Cigar Insane Asylum. Is it, is it, first off, I mean, I mean, let's just look at this for a second since we have a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Is eating horse meat bad? It's done all uh, over the world. It's done all over the world. Yeah, it's just not acceptable in our culture, but I mean, a lot of people, and in some other cultures too, but I mean, a lot of people do. So, does it, it make it worse that you're eating your pet horse meat? Or does that make it better? Well, according to her, it makes it better. Right. 
I don't know. The, the pet thing makes it a little weird because psychologically. I, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Although, when I was just in Sweden, I had moose, reindeer, and venison. Let me tell you, it was awesome. But, but you know, They're not my pets, though. But a lot mm-hmm. of farmers develop relationships with their pigs yeah. whenever they end up slaughtering and eating. True. It's true. You and know? they say pigs are really smart, so. You know. Wilbur? Uh-huh. No. Or- yes. Orville? Wilbur? Wilbur. Wilbur. Yeah, Wilbur. 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 Yeah, yeah, Wilbur from the, the Green pet. Acres? Uh, Wilbur no, was Charlotte's 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 Charlotte. What was Wilbur. the Green Acres one? Green I Acres. Don't know. The reference, I, I, from, I, the I, reference from Pulp I Fiction. When they reference the pig, it's got to be one exceptional pig, like the one from Green Acres. What's the pig's name from Green Acres? The smart pig. Oh, it starts with an O. Oh, man. We Oscar? Just, no. 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 No, no. I don't remember. That better be one. Come on, Colin. Pig. The pig from Green Acres. Because that that's who they referenced from in Pulp I see Jaja like we right? yelling his name, but Arnold? I can't. Arnold. Arnold, that's Arnold. right. Arnold. Jesus. Green Come on, Arnold. Acres is the place. That's right. Yeah. Jesus, we're pulling everybody out. Yeah, man. Show. Down memory, walk down memory lane this episode. Another planet. Are we on next week? Yes, we are. Who we have? Uh, Ronnie Heisha of Secreto oh. Cigar Bar. Has anybody confirmed this fool is coming in? Um, <laughs> he ain't now. I just, just called him a fool. Do wow. you know him? No. Oh, God. <laughs> He, he's he's a he's a brother minion. I love that guy. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know if he hasn't reached out to me or nothing. We actually, he's a retailer in Detroit, but he's like a social media like mega troll and funny. I mean, what's I, his know, name? Ronnie Haysha. I don't know. You, you're, you're on very nice chat boards. Nothing that he would be in. Okay. Right. What's the name of his shop? Secreto Cigar Bar. No, I don't sell it. No, no, no. He, he's actually very funny, and we get along. And I actually <laughs> invited him down. I thought it would be a hilarious show. I said, "You're down, so just come on, man. We'll put you on the air." It's an opportunity he, for getting out of the cold. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Who wants to be in Detroit? Yes, yeah, so we got to confirm. Is it him? It's him and Caldwell? Or? Uh, no, it's right now, from what I'm reading, it is him and Kevin Abbott of Barrel of Monks. Oh, okay. My buddy Kevin. Well, let's see if he actually now shows that calls up. for a beer. I'm going to reach out to him and see if he's coming down. I, I know Kevin's coming because they've got a big release they're doing. Is Paul it, back? Uh, yes, I believe Damn so. It. Yeah. Damn it. As of right now, I don't, I've, yeah, he should be here. Or he's supposed to be here. Somebody's phone. Wow. So, Okay. All right. Well, good. Yeah. So we should have a good time. Uh, David, thanks for being here. Enjoy hey, the rest pleasure. of your tour. Inf- enjoy going home tomorrow. I will be. Yeah, thank man. you very much, Get guys. Some rest. Thank you guys for all you guys do. Thank you for the business, Abe. Absolutely. And as always, thank you guys all out there for smoking Blanca cigars. We really appreciate all your support. Can't do it without you. Good stuff. Stay smoky. Absolutely. And uh, until then, and as always, anything else to say? That's it. Sign okay. us out. All right. Until then, as always, it's been a great show. We hope you've enjoyed it. Check out the KMA Talk Radio Facebook page. YouTube. In, in, and the YouTube, in case you missed anything. And the podcast goes up on Monday. And until then, as always, keep it lit. You're listening to KMA Talk Radio. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on Instagram, too. Yes, it's mandatory. <laughs> Cigar Fairy's making round. Yeah, that's fantastic. Keep it lit with KMA Talk Radio.